them from doing the mold again. Fiber reinforced polymer. You can shoot it with a nine millimeter for three yards away and nothing happens. It's very useful. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, just need to quickly apologize. So with the audio in this podcast, the first 20 minutes, the uh, microphones are not working. The audio is coming from the cameras, so it's not the best. It's not what you're used to. Like bear through it, the information we cover is really cool with Carl McLaughlin and North Star Technologies. I do notice that it is not being turned on at about 20 minutes and then it goes back to the normal audio again. So enjoy the show and I'm sorry again. It won't happen again, I think, I promise. I sort of, I don't know. Enjoy. I had to like start cutting caffeine out. I was doing like six venties a day at one point at the peak because I was like, oh, my office was right next to a Starbucks. Oh, uh, so it became habitual. Yeah, yeah. So it was just, and they were doing the free refills at the time. I'm like, I was just jacked. Dude, up. free refills is not good. No, that's. I'm gonna blame for free refills for the obesity epidemic that America has. Yeah, like that's not a thing in Australia. Yeah. Oh, really? Not a thing. <laughs> Not a thing, you know, like, look, we still are, there's still a, a couple of chunkers, but yeah, we need, especially with coffee, the first time I ever had a free refill, yeah. I remember, like, I went, I imploded into like, this black hole, right? because I had one, plus it was a black coffee, and it was like pot coffee, so it's like, you know, ground up dirt, and I was like, oh, cool, I had one, and I was like, I'll have a little bit more, like, this much through the next one, mm -hmm. and just... It is migraine, headaches, like, I was just against a wall going, oh. <laughs> Dude, it just got to the point where I couldn't sleep at night anymore. I was so jacked mm. up on caffeine. It was just too much. How much caffeine's in that, in a venti? In a venti? Oh, God, probably like 400 milligrams. I used to work, yeah, I used to work at Starbucks. We used to have this dialed in. I forgot now, but yeah. So, so you were having... Six times four. Uh, two point... Twenty-four. Yeah, like 2.4 grams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it sounds bad yeah, when you're you, 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 you move it into grams, it's like, what are you drinking? Because <laughs> I, um, I was blown away when I found out that Celsius had 200 milligrams. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a lot. And then I cut back, to, like, I, I moved down to Red Bull, because a Red Bull can, you guys have it in ounces, so 250 milliliter can, the small one, mm -hmm. it's like 80 milligrams. I was like, that's, that's good. Yeah. But now, I was listening to Huberman, and he, I'm like trying to figure out ways in which to improve uh, focus, attention, and all that stuff. Sure. And there's this company, I can't remember what it's called, um, but anyway, their protocol had a bunch of different uh, herbs and stuff. I don't know why, by the way, so I know you guys say herbs. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. You don't say horses and ohms. It's a horse and a home. It's a fucking herb. <laughs> um, but each pill has 100 milligrams. I was like, that's 400 milligrams of caffeine a day, yeah. but it's spread out. And I mean, Huberman's real big on science and he was saying that that's actually what you should be taking. I was like, what? So I'm gonna try and see oh, wow. how it works out. Have you ever tried Lion's Mane? That is, I have heard about it. It's got that in one of the pills. Oh, it does have some lime in it? Okay. In one of them, cool. yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. I take that every morning. That what helps out. That exactly? It's a mushroom. Oh. Yeah. yeah, mushrooms are life-saving. Yeah, I would love to try shrooms. Yeah, me too. I've never tried them. Yeah, no, I've never tried them. Rogan really sells it on me. <laughs> he does. Dude. That's actually the one that's like, oh man, I should try these. He's the, it's the yeah. thing. He, like, he is the one that just sort of like, just because it's so casual, he's like, I experienced this and that. And you're like, yeah. man, I, I think I should do some yeah. shrooms. Yeah, I want to be it's enlightened like that. That's how you get $100 million. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. You take drugs. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, so 
Um, for people who don't know who Kyle is, mm -hmm. uh, by the way, your last name is the same name as my street. I can't remember if I told you that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's that a is, really awesome street. I it's, think. it's a good, yeah. yeah. It's a very lovely street. Your last name. I've, tempted, I've been tempted in the past to steal that little sign. A lot of my friends are like, why don't we go there in the middle of the night and steal it? I was yeah, like, why not? Yeah, I mean, not. now if it's missing, I'll know who to call right, it. Exactly. <laughs> You'll know where it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what is it you exactly do? Let people know, and then we'll just figure out where we go conversation-wise. Sure, yeah. So I kind of think of myself as wearing two hats right now, but two really important hats. So I'm, by trade, I'm a real estate broker. I've been doing that for 10 years now, locally in Naples. Um, very recently, within the last 24 months, I got exposed to, to Northstar Technologies, which is um, an advanced building system, for lack of better words. If we can dumb it down, obviously, we'll explain it further. But what it is is they're building things without the need of concrete, wood, or steel. Mm -hmm. um, so I became really, I found myself really passionate about it over the last, you know, 24 months that I was exposed to them. So much that I decided, hey, I have my own real estate brokerage. I think it'd be cool if we could mix both companies. I could be your sales team essentially and run sales, and I could be part of something that I feel could be really huge and it's really needed in the industry. So now I'm responsible for running all of sales through both Northstar Realty Group, which is a new branded brokerage that I am the broker for, um, and then Northstar Technologies, which is the building system and the building science behind. Um, the things that we're building without the need of concrete, wood, or steel. So mm. it's a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, it's super fascinating. Like, I mean, the time which it takes to conventionally build. Right. It's uh, I, I said it to someone recently. I can't remember if it was you, maybe someone else. But I was like, could you imagine buying like, especially those massive homes that are like you know, ten million to build. Sure. Those MTV crib style houses. Yep. But could you imagine paying for a ten million dollar vacation? And then being told you have to wait two years to go take it. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What do you mean? What if I make twenty million? Yeah. It doesn't make a difference. Now. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference. It's crazy. And not only how long it takes, but also the the materials they use. And now that I've been exposed more to construction, uh, my partner uses a term. He calls it barbaric. Um, in that mm -hmm. he got that from Germans actually. So Germans looked at our way of building homes and buildings in general. And they're like, man, that's pretty antiquated, what you guys are doing mm. in, the, in the States. It's, it's very barbaric. And so he picked that up and it stuck with me because now when I go up to standard traditional construction drop sites and I see these guys that are just like clearly underpaid. They're in the elements outside, especially in Florida. Yeah. Um, they're probably hung over from the night before trying to make precision cuts and precision screws and trying to put a freaking house together mm. where if you screw up by an inch, an inch is a lot in construction. It's quite a bit. Um, that could mean you having the difference between you having a leaky roof, between you building up mold in a certain key area of the home that could cause structural damage. Um, and now that we've basically taken the whole job site and put it into a controlled environment where the, the worker is in an air-conditioned environment, they're working with machines and with computers as opposed to with their hands, um, and everything is precision-based, it's really perfect almost in a way, as, part, as close to perfect as you can get in building. Yeah. So. That's really the big thing for me, and that's why we're able to speed things up a lot faster. But from a from a consumer standpoint, they can see, hey, my house is like built to the nines, and it's exact. There's no mistakes in here, mm. which and is cool. Yeah. So, because you mentioned um, build, building it in the air conditioning, so you guys build it uh, off campus, correct? And then transport it and sort of. Pick it, put it together. Erect right? it from there, right. So it's a panelized system. So it's kind of similar. I hate saying like prefab because people have a bad notion about prefab What's homes. Prefab? Prefabricated homes are usually like wood and plastic based. It's like habitat for humanity kind of stuff, which mm -hmm. is, is great for what they intended to use it. But 
the building material and the system itself is not effective or very efficient, especially here in Florida, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's prefabricated in the sense that we do it in the warehouse, um, and then we erect it on site, and then basically put up the whole shell can be done in as little as a week and a half with the right crew, depending on how big the house is, obviously. But um, the one that we're building in Naples Park right now, which is 3,200 square feet under air, three stories, that took 42 panels, and 42 panels were done in two weeks. <laughs> so it's it's a <laughs> trying to do that at a concrete block and put your roof finished roof on there would take, at the very minimum, with a really good crew and people that are on the job and showing up every day. Um, three months at least, 90 yeah, to 100 wow. days. Yeah, That's yeah. a big difference. Yep, and then everything from the inside, so what we call drywall in, is done traditionally. Like the crew will still go out there obviously and hang the drywall, put the flooring down, put the cabinets in, countertops, all that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And is that because, I mean, you guys in a way have like a parallel building system, which is, you know, you can be doing some things while permits are being Correct. done correctly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So again, traditional construction, you can't touch the lot. You can't even start knocking trees down until you have an approved permit from the county. Mm -hmm. And in the normal days, you know, three years ago, those were taking between four to six weeks, sometimes eight, to yeah. get a permit for a bigger build. Um, now, because of labor issues and just overall influx of people moving down here, it's more like three months, sometimes four. So people, that's why builds keep getting pushed out when you stack, you know, the supply chain issues on top of that and labor shortage issues. You know, we're going from what used to be eight to 12 months to now, like you said, 24 months. Yeah. Usually, and sometimes more. So, um, so yes, during the permit process, we can start building the walls. Um, we can start uh, doing everything. We do everything in a digital environment. So we take your, your blueprints like you see, like an architect will draw blueprints. We'll take those and put them in a 3D environment and essentially member each piece. So every stub, stud, every truss, every angle, every screw, every mill is digitized and has a serial number to it. And that from there is uh, communicated to our CNC machine, which communicates via code, and it knows where to cut, where to drill, where, where to mill, within a thousand of a, of a millimeter precision. Mm -hmm. So everything's pretty much done by the computer at that point. The only thing that we assemble um, is the actual wall panels to the sheathing. Um, yeah. Yep. So. Pretty cool stuff. That is, that's very accurate. Yep. Machines are basically just taking away anything, any human error, huh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you could go full, I mean, Tesla has their fully, fully automated plant out in Austin, and there's no human involvement. The only mm. thing that humans come into is to check at the end to make sure it was done correctly. That's yeah. pretty much it. Tesla needs to work on the delivery, though. Delivery sucks. I'm still waiting on my Cybertruck. Are you? Oh, that's right. I forgot about the Cybertruck. Exactly. Truck. It's been that fucking long. Well, people forgot about them. Yeah. He's like, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm still waiting for that. I put I put down my 100 bucks. When is that supposed to come in? Uh, 2020 December. Ah, okay. So we're almost there. <laughs> yeah, we're getting close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Tesla, I mean, look, Elon's never been known for delivering on time. Yeah. But he delivered. He did. He'd be a trillionaire, probably. I think he already is. Well, technically. Yeah, close. But... We'd probably already be on Mars with Teslas, <laughs> Cybertrucks. <laughs> you know, I'm waiting for that bad boy. Mm -hmm. I really want it. It's, it's more because it's so obnoxious looking. Yeah. You know, it doesn't look like any... You look at every truck, just looks like a... Variation a, of the same thing. A variation of a Ford F-150. Yeah. They're all the same. Yeah. And this thing comes in, this polyagonal, diagonal thingy. Like, out of Tron. Like, yeah. I'm like, I got that bad boy. Yeah. Got some lines over it, like Tron. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah, I love it. Good for you, man. I hope you get it someday soon. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Let's say I'm, I'm going to bet December 2024. Okay. That's my bet. 
so it's a little, yeah, a little it's over a year. Four, it's yeah. four years over, over two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Four years. Yeah, 2020. It was meant to come out 2020. I mean, obviously the pandemic and all that jazz, but right. let's face it, that wasn't slowing. Like, Elon didn't slow down. No, he's, he pushed even harder. Yeah. yeah. That's how he got so much market share. Did you see what Tesla stock did during the pandemic? It was nuts. I think everything, though, during that time just became so much hype. Yeah. It, it, COVID illustrated how BS the stock market is. Mm -hmm. you know, and like, how easy it can be manipulated. Yeah, like yeah. the fact that, I mean, the whole narrative has always been this, the stock exchange is a representation of the economy. That's not true. Everything is shut down yeah. and everything's at an all-time high. Yeah. And even brick and mortar companies are up. Yep. Like, huh? Yep. They're all shut down. They are now two different things. The economy and the market, completely yep. different, independent of each other at this point. Yeah. Yep. I think there was a, it was a thing we needed to see, but again, if, if you can tell me I can put money into something that's made believe and I can make make believe money and take it out, I'm still going to do it. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially some guy on Reddit is telling me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was wild. The, um, yeah. what did that? The uh, Wall Street Boys. The Robin Hood thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was also an illustration of how the whole system is just a complete BS thing sort of with the illusion of you can make money. Like anyone can make it in the stock market. Because yeah. the second that all these hedge funds were getting dicked by all these, like the internet basically command, uh, banding together to take down a bunch of them. Right. All of a sudden the, the like Robin Hood app was like, we need to just slow it down because people are going to lose money. Yeah, we, we don't, don't want we, we want to look after the little guy. It's like the little guy's winning. Yeah. Who are you looking after? Yeah, like, you're not looking after the little guy. No. You're looking after the big dudes. There was a lot of people that did end up losing. Like, I, I bought into the Doge pump. Yeah. I don't think I'm... I only put a thousand bucks in because so I was like, eh, if I lose it, I'll lose it. Right. But if it goes up, great. Yeah. I'm 95% down. Okay. Make believe. <laughs> you don't lose it don't until you that. take it out. Yeah, well, it feels like I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep it there. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so... Um, how long does it typically take? Like, let's let's do some examples because I'm still like trying to wrap my head around a lot of stuff. How long yeah. would it typically take, like a typical three bedroom, two bathroom house to put together from start to finish? With our system, mm. so permits aside, I mean the shell itself can be up in as little as eight to twelve weeks. Wow. Um, especially if it's a smaller home. So we just launched our small footprint home product line, which is essentially a tiny home. Mm -hmm. um, those can be put up in six weeks. I mean, they're much smaller, right? Yeah. Um, and then everything from there just depends on trades. So you have your electrical, your mechanical, and your plumbing that mm -hmm. need to go kind of in the wall cavity before you do your drywall. Um, and your mechanical includes like your AC, right? Yeah. And then from there, um, the rest is just finished work. You have your, your flooring, your countertops, and all that. And that's where most slowdown has been happening. If you've noticed, even through uh, the pandemic and the labor shortages and the um, uh, supply chain issues, for the most part, the shells are still going up relatively in a reasonable amount of time, mm -hmm. but everything seemed to grind to a halt once you had to put windows in or once you had to put plumbing in um, or, or your electrical wiring. And that's because those trades were somewhat sabotaged by what happened with COVID. And then they came out after COVID and you had plumbers that a normal medium wage for a plumber was 50 to 60 grand a year before the pandemic. Now they're making over 100 grand. I don't know a single yeah. trades, specialized trades, like an electrical electrician or a plumber, that doesn't make six figures. And yeah. it's, it's crazy. So that obviously pushed the whole market up. You had to because the builders and developers and investors couldn't support 
the margins anymore that they had, so that injected more, um, you know, revenue into their their model, and they had to raise their prices. So yeah, they're still making plenty of money. Don't get me wrong; they could have probably absorbed it. Well, but it's wild too, with especially Southwest Florida. So one of my um, friends, he is he's a plumber, and he has a bunch of uh, workers. But he's like, I can't even hire people when they're going to earn six figures, because of the price of living. The guys are like, well, that too, you right? Know, we're yeah. going to be driving an hour and a half to get to you. Especially down here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and the people that I... We're, we're trying to create some sort of initiative to work with, you know, local municipalities, the county, specifically for essential workers and first responders. Because those are the people that are really getting digged. For, sorry, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. I mean, these are nurses, these are teachers, these are cops, these are firefighters. These are people that we need. Our, yeah. our infrastructure needs them, right? And they're getting paid bare minimum for the most especially teachers right they're having to drive from two counties over to get here and then drive back and then probably have to pick up a side job because they're not making enough money right yeah so there needs to be some sort of awareness put towards that and create housing for essential workers it doesn't have to be affordable housing or section eight i know you know some of our counties get really mm -hmm. uh a little weird about that kind of stuff and the label it's just simply for our essential workers our teachers the people that are uh, protecting our day-to-day our, our -day lives and building our futures through our kids. Like, why yeah. is that such a hard concept? I don't get well, it. It's the system, too. Like, you can't build something that's going to be super affluent, especially if it's affluent quick, because if you haven't got a place for people to stay, right. then there's nothing to do because those businesses can't stay open. Right. Like, Miami was, one, Miami was struggling with that with Airbnb for a while mm -hmm. because... I mean, to get into, like, say, Miami Beach is a bitch for stuff. Oh, of course. But, you know, so you've got all these places that there are only Airbnbs, so there's no one renting them out because you can't. Mm. So it was harder. This was before pandemic. This was, like, back probably 2018, 2019, more, like, the start of that. Right. I was, right. I was talking to my friend about it, and he was saying, like, yeah, they have to put all these regulations on because um, there was no one that was able to sort of even work there. And this was before COVID when the real estate went berserk and right. rent's now going berserk. But the difference with Airbnbs is not really, they have regulations, but they're so easy to get around. Right. They skirt a lot of uh, yeah. yeah. It's all made up. It's yeah. like, you know, oh, you, you can't rent out more than 180 days of the year. Yeah. Well, who's tracking that? He's like, who tracks that? <laughs> right. You know? Right. <laughs> it's, it's true. It happens here too, in Collier yeah. County and Lee County. You yeah. know, especially in the city, they have regulations where, you know, there's very strict rental laws in place. and. I think what it really takes is a whistleblower. They're your pissed off neighbor, like, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm going to call, report you, and then that's really when it comes down to it. Yeah. That's more of a <laughs> Naples thing than it is a Miami thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing with the Airbnb is, like, it's, I had this conversation with um, uh, Chani Dolly last episode about people that whistleblow to get what they want, but they get, in order for them to get what they want, now they have to be under someone that they don't like. So, like, in this, in the case we were using before was, She's like say say there's a, a a racist boss, right? And you don't get hired because you're of a certain ethnicity, mm -hmm. and you whistleblow, and you fight so that you can work there. Why would you want to work for a racist boss? Right, right. that doesn't make any sense. Like you, right. you're not going to overcome his prejudices. Just go find a different job. Same with the Airbnb. It's like all right, I'm going to whistleblow this place. Well, unless I'm probably not going to whistleblow unless I want to live there. Mm -hmm. 
so I'm not going to whistleblow it. Well, if I do now, I have to live there, and now my landlord hates me. Right. <laughs> or my neighbor hates me. Right? Nothing <laughs> worse than having a bad neighbor. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just the whole system that's kind of fucked. You, you need to have, like, I don't know, maybe it's a IRS version of Airbnb. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For infrastructure in general, it's the same in construction, man. Some of the things that they allow to pass through code, it just blows us away. Um, yeah. Even using wood anymore. I mean, how... Companies get away with uh, with using wood in, in Florida, of all places, when you know there's going to be high wind, there's going to be mold, there's going to be termites. It, it should just not even be a thing anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And talk about, you know, not to go down this path of the environment, but I think it's important, like, I don't people don't realize, like, trees, they don't grow, like, in a day. It takes <laughs> years and years and years. They don't grow, grow on trees, right? doesn't grow on trees? <laughs> trees don't grow on trees. But no, seriously, it takes a while. So the yeah. deforestation is a real thing, and uh, and people don't really seem to have the awareness for it. Um, so it just always shocks me that, from a building code standpoint, we allow some of these things, and um, and it just continues to be the same way. Like, take hurricanes, for example, right? And FEMA, and their involvement mm -hmm. in helping repair communities after a major storm. Uh, uh, We've had hundreds of hurricanes over the last century, and it's always the same thing. They come in, they tear shit apart, you know, people lose their homes, buildings get knocked down, roofs get blown off, and what do we do? We turn around, look to FEMA to fix all these homes. First of all, FEMA was never designed to do that. They don't have the money to do that. Yeah. Um, but they do it, right? And that creates a deficit in itself. And they did. They do it the exact same way that it's always been done, with maybe a little bit of a advancement, maybe an extra screw here, an extra strap here, or an extra tape yeah. here. <laughs> Hello, I hope you're getting a lot of value and enjoying this conversation so far. As you know, this is a very young podcast and right now the best way for people to find out about it is through word of mouth. So if you have like a spare 20 seconds, it would mean the world if you could just leave a five-star review and some feedback, what you love, what you would like to see more of so that we can constantly improve this for you. So if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, leave a review there. Now, if you're on YouTube and watching this, if you could just comment what you love, what you didn't like even, that's going to help as well but also more stuff you'd love to see or people that mean the world to us as well. Also, if you haven't subscribed, make sure please hit the subscribe button, hit that bell as well so that you can find out when the next episode comes out and we can just constantly be getting it better and better for you guys. And please tell anyone who would th you think would be interested in this so that we can grow and get the word out and just share some more interesting stories about some interesting people. Anyways, enjoy the show. But, uh, and that's it, man. And they keep doing the same, same thing. And then what do you know? A hurricane rolls by, blows it all down again. And what do we do? Spend the money and do it the same way. And that's really been kind of like an eye-opening thing for me. It's like, why haven't we spent the time to look at building code, to look at like where we're putting our kids, our wives, mm. our parents, um, you know, our schools, right, from a building standpoint, um, and figure out how to make them better, how to make them more long lasting. Yeah. Right? And do it in, a, in an environmentally cautious way that we're not ripping apart the environment. We're not creating a, I, I don't know if you know much about like embodied carbon and carbon emissions and mm, when, in, in construction, it's basically the amount of energy that it takes to create any material. So concrete, for example, is a very laborious process, creates a lot of energy, a lot of water, there's a lot of materials that go into creating concrete. And all, all that shit either takes from our environment or ends up in our environment somehow mm. through landfills or through pollution. Um, and and it's, it's among the highest embodied carbon in construction between 
uh, concrete and steel, right? Hmm. So that that was a big thing for us too. Is how do we reduce the carbon footprint? How do we do things in a in a responsible way? And obviously, we still need to stay price competitive, right? So if we're shooting our prices through the roof, we're creating more or less the same issue, just in yeah. a different flavor, um, and and make sure that things are done correctly, right? And and put some awareness behind it. And and it we're kind of like. Uh, <laughs> I guess Robin Hood in a way, where like we're celebrated by the by the people. They, they every time I do a tour like I did with you, where I take them through the warehouse and we get into the nitty gritty, into the engineering, into everything that goes into creating our homes out of our material. Uh, people love it. There's a lot. Yeah. Of, there's n- nobody I've ever taken through has been like, wow, this is dog shit. Like I hate this. <laughs> right? No, everybody's stoked about it. So the people love it. The system has cost us some issues, right? That we've overcome. Obviously, mm. we have builds going on right now all over Lee and Collier County. But it, it's funny how we've 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 ruffled a lot of feathers, and and I'm, it's always curious without like making this like conspiracy based like why right mm. why when we're naturally trying to do something good is it about the money is it about something else that's going on behind the scenes because generally builders have been able to get away with the way they build homes because of a lack of education and, and what do you think I mean by that like lack of education from a consumer standpoint mm. like if I'm asking you like dude do you know how your house was built like do you know what's going on behind your drywalls mm. I'm assuming you, you probably, no you're, you're a pretty smart guy you could probably tell me a few things but most people honestly I've never dealt with any of that stuff right. I learn most of my stuff through cli- my clients these days mm-hmm. so if I if I, I'll be like like you know, when we do the, the frequently asked questions sort of stuff, I'm just like, teach me. Right, Because right. <laughs> I have no and this, clue. All that this is is a huge educational process. So because people have a general lack of understanding, awareness, and knowledge about what's going on behind their drywall, guess who gets to cut corners? Mm. Right? Because you don't know what's going on back there. So as long as your house is erect, as long as it gets through storms, and as long as it looks nice, right, yeah. and it's in a good community then you're going to buy it. And you're not really going to question what's going on behind the drywall. But at some point you will, whether mm-hmm. it's sometimes, especially with new construction, it's sooner than later. Obviously, our, our the quality seems to have dro- dropped recently. And that's, to me, that's all profit-driven, right? Yeah. Um, profit-driven overload as well. Like people are just like, you know, they're feasting while there is this big thing happening a lot of, and they don't want to miss out on opportunities. Right, exactly. And yeah. that that to me is a whole nother issue, right? But but from the standpoint of, of lack of awareness, they don't know until there's a problem. And when there's a problem, it's too late or it's going to cost you a lot of money or usually you're out of warranty at that point. Yeah. And you're going to you have to front that expense. And that's unfair, man. That's I, I get agitated a little bit about that because that's not fair to people that don't have the resources to, to educate themselves better. Mm-hmm. Um, even at the lowest standard of the totem pole, when we talk about affordable homes or, or Habitat for Humanity, they, those guys, like... You know, they're just trying to get by. They don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, a hurricane rolls by, and then they don't know that there's black mold growing behind their drywall, and their kids are living there, and there's bad things going on behind behind the wall, so to speak, or behind closed doors, Mm. and they're getting exposed to that. And that's not, like, that's not cool. Like, why are we doing that? Just for the sake of making another dollar? Mm. These guys have plenty of profit to do the right thing as opposed to raising their prices. And this isn't, I don't want you to take this around where anybody watching this podcast, it's not a bandetta against like, you know, the, the, the builders and, and, and the fat cats or whatever. It's not that. Um, we want to actually work with builders to educate them on what is a better building technique and not have to compete with them, but be a supplement to their business. So that way the end user knows exactly what's going on and it just creates a better environment overall. Because mm. mold in here is like, in Florida is pretty... I mean, it's just, it's humid, it's hot, it's the perfect environment for mold. What, with your products, what is, 
what stops them from doing the mold again? You yeah, explained it before. Great question. So the, the product, I've been talking a lot about it. I haven't named what it is. It's fiber reinforced polymer. So mm-hmm. it's a type of fiberglass. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's basically created through a process called pultrusion where they take like these big strand of fiberglass and they pull it through a thermal bath of resin and it creates this super strong, super resistant, um, basically piece of material that you can form into anything you want it to look like. So Mm -hmm. if you need a panel similar to like a piece of plywood, we can do that. If you need a stud similar to like what you would like a two by four, we can make it out of that too. Um, If you need something like cindler, I'm sorry, uh, like oval or that looks like a circle, we could do that too. It just depends on what the purpose of it is. So Paul Inglis, who is my partner and CEO of Northstar, he has been working on this technology for the last 30 years. This is generation mm, seven wow. uh, of, of what he started to do. And it, with each generation, he saw the flaws in construction and stick builds and metal and remove, try to remove a little piece at a time, each conventional material until we arrived at Gen 7, which is full fiber reinforced polymer, FRP for short. So FRP is... Ballistic, our standard walls are UL rated one, which means that I can shoot it with a nine millimeter from three yards away and nothing happens to it. Which is fun. Which would be awesome. It's very useful. (laughs) The funniest, I always, whenever I get people's tour, uh, tour through the factory, I let them take a piece of our ballistic panel and then I'll get videos from these guys out on the estates just lighting the wall panel up. It's just hilarious. (laughs) But the coolest thing is it never penetrates. Mm. It's like Kevlar, it absorbs it, but it doesn't go through it. Interesting. Uh, which is really cool. So that's just a quarter inch, which is what we have our code approved for, a Florida product approval. We can go all the way up to an inch and a half. And that's like full metal jacket. Like, <laughs> I, I would say that I haven't sold any of these yet, but if somebody wanted to buy like a doomsday bunker yeah. or some sort of fortress from us, that would be the, the ballistic width to use would be a, a full inch and a half. <laughs> It'd be zombie proof and everything. Everything proof, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's what the material it is. It is impervious to mold, to termites, to any sort of natural or chemical degradation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, nothing. You can't say anything is proof, right? But it's flood. It's flood resistant in a way because it's a fully sealed system, so the water yeah. can't get through it. Concrete is porous, right? So if you put like if this was a piece of concrete, this table, and I spilled my water on it, it would absorb over time, mm-hmm. right? And what that absorption would eventually pass through the other side of the table. That's what happens to your walls too. Right, so over the time, as you as leaks happen that you don't know about, they're absorbed by the concrete, and eventually they end up on the other side of the wall. Mm-hmm. Now builders have like vapor barriers and think that that that, that they use to prevent that from happening, but it, you know it's it's paper essentially. So over yeah. time, that's going to wear out too, so, and that ends up in the inside of your home, in your wall cavities, and that's how mold is created in that yeah. kind of environment because the inside of your wall isn't there's no AC going in there, so it's constantly hot. Right? Yeah, and that's kind of how we. Uh, we don't have that issue because we don't have we're not porous, right? So the water doesn't go through that. Yeah. Yep. Is there like a um? Do you know know the duration of life? I guess the life cycle of that that product you mentioned. I forget the uh, name. FRP fiber reinforcement. I was trying to remember yeah. even the three yeah, letters. We, we've done a ton of studies through Intertech, uh, which is a company that we use for all of our like Florida approval, uh, Florida product approval pro- uh, process for our fire rating. Um, and essentially, they have a lot of simulations that they do. They've set our walls on fire. Uh, they've hit it with uh, impacts or like pieces of wood flying at 250 miles an hour to si- simulate like a tornado. Yeah. Uh, they flooded them. They they basically just beat the shit out of our wall panels, for lack mm. of a better word. That'd be fun. Um, and and through that, they discovered that our life cycle is infinitely longer than concrete, wood, or steel. From that yeah, standpoint, okay. because there's no degradation <laughs> happening, so steel is going to rust, right? 
wood is going to mold and degrade naturally and concrete mm -hmm. is brittle and porous so it's going to start breaking down over a long period of time ours doesn't do any of that the best case sample use before residential was actually in oil rigs so on the on the pilings that are exposed to the ocean water uh deep into the sea those have frp in them and that's how they've maintained mm -hmm. their structure over the last few decades so as long as humans don't go extinct that's all right for the environment yeah because if, if humans go extinct i think it's like takes 114 years on average for steel to completely disappear. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I had this like little epiphany. I was like, you know. What would happen? Well, not even that. Like we think we're the smartest we've ever been. Mm -hmm. There's no real proof. Because what yeah. happened if we got to this point 100,000 years ago, but then something came and like, like some disease say came and wiped out 95, 90, whatever percent of the people. Mm -hmm. There's going to be no proof of, I mean, this podcast would disappear. Right. Like it just, yeah. Okay, cool, great. But then this whole building would, within about 150 years, would just be completely gone. Right. So... Vegetation would take over. Yeah. be buried. Yep. Yeah, the only reason, like, the the only thing that gets left around is usually stuff like concrete, like pyramids and stuff like that. Yeah. They, they, that's why those that are still around, right. we go, oh, you know, we don't know how they figured out how to build it. They they probably had cranes, who knows? Yeah, but or aliens helping them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's just such an easy way, but like the other example is, it's like maybe they did have the technology that we currently have, yeah. but something happened, wiped out that whole area. And again, over only it takes 150 years for everything to erode yeah. and just gone, except for the Sorry. rocks or the right. stones. Stones, yeah. So, yeah, as long as we don't go extinct, these houses will be fine. Well, animals will have some pretty badass homes. That's so cool, cool, actually. Yeah. They'll have like a couple of multiple story caves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they love that. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Is there, um, now I'm getting really in the environmental stuff. Is there like a plan? Because obviously when people tear down houses, mm -hmm. um, you chuck it, it like. Oh, it ends up in a landfill. Is there a plan or like protocol for anyone who, obviously this is very early technology. So yeah. there's not many being taken down. Long term. Is there going to be like a plan for, all right, if you take this down, this is how it gets reused? Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So there's two ways that, that we go about that that helps in that sustainability cycle. Number one is since we don't have degradation and we're technically a life cycle product, we can, like if you, you started with me and you said, I want to build a 1,200 square foot home, two bed, two bath. Mm -hmm. um, when my budget allows for it, I'd like to add a third bedroom. Because we're panelized, I could come in and use a saw basically and saw out one of your walls, repurpose that wall to a new corner, mm. and then give you three more walls and a, a, you know, a roof structure, and then create yourself another bedroom or another living space area. Uh. So our, our the actual engineered final product can continue to be used and wouldn't lose any structural uh, integrity. So that's one way that we do it. So yeah. I can, it's like Legos. I could just continue to add on to that. As your budget grows, your house can grow with you, right? Which you can't do with concrete. Yeah. Um, and then the second part is if you decided you want to like tear it all down and start all over for whatever reason you had, we could take our material and grind it down to its base and repurpose it and potentially reuse it as FRP in the future. Yep. But, but there's a lot of ways that we can mix our material with concrete, for example, to make carbon reinforced concrete or fiber reinforced con concrete, I should say, which even though we're trying to get away from concrete, there's still a lot of applications to it, such as your slab, your foundation. Yep. Our foundations are still made out of concrete. They have to be. Um, but if we could reinforce it with our system, um, then you would prevent a lot of um, a lot of emissions and a lot of uh, structural, you know, breakage that happens. So yep. one thing that's that's big down here in other parts of the, the country too is radon. Have you ever heard of radon? Mm -hmm. It's a naturally occurring gas that happens underneath 
um, the subterranean structure of your of your property, and it emits through your slab. That's why people have to put vapor barriers before you pour your slab. Mm -hmm. So it catches a lot of those emissions. There's a ton of other ones too, but radon's the most popular one. Why? Because it's proven to be ca cancer causing. Huh. Um, so over time, if you're exposed to radon without knowing it, there are very legitimate studies that you develop cancer very, very easily from being exposed to this radon. Yeah. Um, newer construction has ways to detect that. And so do we, uh, even, even through a, something as simple as Alexa, having a monitor in place that it could connect and trigger and say, Hey, there's a, uh, a reading of abnormal radon in your home, either evacuate or have it mm -hmm. taken care of remediate. They could be remediated right away. Um, so doing things like that to protect issues that are unknown, right? That are un unseeable. Radon, you can't smell it or see it. So yeah. uh, it would be a cool way to kind of repurpose the product back to your question about like life cycle and sustainability. So those two gotcha. ways. Um, the cool thing about Northstar and, and, and like to me why it was really attractive is because all the guys in there and, and specifically our leadership and my partners are very innovative and they're always cutting edge looking at like what's okay cool we're, we're definitely ahead of the curve based on traditional construction standards how can we take that to the next level mm. uh, the market's big enough for 10 north stars to be honest with you 100 north stars but at the end of the day we always want to be the leader right we want to be the one that everybody else is uh, looking to make changes from yeah right so you know, we've looked at ways like, okay, how do we make this process better with our wall panels? We can actually, there's ways to print them using 3D printers and yeah. printing our wall panels instead. Imagine saying to your customer or, or to your wife or whoever, like, hey, I printed my house. My house was printed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously that takes away the the, uh, the element of human error completely at yeah. that point. Um, we're, we're definitely still a few years away from that. These printers are, are multi-million dollar machines that require a lot of space and a lot of infrastructure. But that's definitely one of the goals if I had to put out there what, what our vision is. Uh, definitely to be a, a household name, definitely to be nationwide, worldwide, if possible. It will be possible. Um, and continually advance what's been a very... Um, a, a, something that's been overlooked for way too long. Let's put mm. it that way. A very antiquated, a very dinosaur-like industry. And it's the most... Homes, structures, buildings are one of the most important industries that I can think of besides healthcare. So yeah, what's the dip, the benefit of three D printing versus your current system, and why are you moving towards it? Yeah, I think from a structural standpoint, it's all one piece as opposed to. So right now we have our C channels, which essentially are our studs, and yep. that's a different uh, it's a different member, I should say, a piece than our ballistic wall panel that goes on the outside. So basically, we take the C channel, we put the ballistic wall panel on the outside, and then we bond it with an epoxy, which is definitely like it's kind of like a welding mechanism but mm -hmm. more chemical than it is fire-based um, and that becomes our wall panel essentially obviously there's a ton of different members that go into one wall panel and then the roof system is the same so we're making trusses and roof sheathing out of fiber reinforced polymer too um, but all of that has to be uh, assembled right put together whereas with a printer i could just print out a whole wall panel and it would be one single member one single piece mm. so from a structural standpoint that's much better from an efficiency standpoint, I mean, I can I can print a wall panel roughly in an hour and a half. Whether even with a full crew, it still takes me a few hours at least. If I had like the the shop was you know full twenty four seven running three shifts every day, it would still take at least three to four hours to put a wall panel together of full efficiency. Gotcha. So we're becoming more efficient. We're becoming more structurally sound. Um, and it's just freaking cool, man. Yeah, like, it is pretty cool. Printing, printing houses is pretty <laughs> awesome. There is. Um, are you familiar with nanotech at all? Very vaguely. So this is uh, getting more into like 
spade age kind of stuff, but it's it's closer than you think. So nanotech, um, obviously, it's microscopic. You, there, it's pieces of technology that you can't readily see with your eye. Um, there are ways that we can embed nanotech into your walls to be act as sensors, so to speak. So if you mm. were connected to Alexa or Google Home or, or Apple or whatever, um, and you were at home and there was a leak happening. Could you have a non-centralized thing that like, <laughs> it's just you or anything? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Alexa and shit just yeah. kind of freaks me out. I agree. You know I agree. I, mean? I agree. Um, <laughs> probably at that point we will, right? It'd probably be tapped into our brain <laughs> yeah, <probably>. somehow. <laughs> um, but it could alert you if there's a leak or like I said earlier, radon or, or anything that's going on with your house, not only alert you, but tell you exactly where it is. Mm. So then think about this, like you call your handyman and you say there's a leak. I don't know where the hell it's coming from, but there's a leak. And they're going to spend hours trying to figure out where this leak is coming from, tearing up the drywall, tearing up your roof, tear, just to figure it out, right? Yeah. And now you can tell the enemy, I know exactly where it is. I know exactly what needs to be repaired. This is a serial number. I'm going to call Northstar and order it. And they're just going to have, you know, come up here in a day, put it back together. Mm. We're good to go. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Is that out now or is that uh, Nanotech is, is real right now, right? But uh, the process that I just described is definitely one of the future things that we have in mind as a goal. Yeah, But no, okay. it's not currently in the market. What's the current nanotech stuff that is available? And so, it, is it with your company or is it still like it's in development? No, it's more in development. I would say it's a lot of sensor-based things. Um, there's a lot of military uses to it, believe of it or course, not. Always. Yeah, of course, they're always. <laughs> and I know the healthcare is getting into it from uh, when, you know, when they're printing. Have you heard of like organs being printed? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. The other, no, I, I haven't. I've seen it like, you know, they grow a, an ear out of a pig or something like that. Yeah. I've seen, have you seen like the bio, what is it, like lab meat? Like they grow meat from a lab. Oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> it, and it's literally like, some. It, obviously when it first started, it looked like, all right, bro. Yeah. Like an impossible <laughs> burger looks better. But um, they, now it's like, I mean, I was listening to Rogan talk about it and he pulled it up about to trash it. Yeah. Because he'd seen the old stuff and he looked at the new stuff. He's like, that's, that's grown in a lab? Like no animal kill, just fully. And apparently- I mean, just look, look at the photos. Like, it, it looks exactly like a steak, and so they're basically mon they're modeling the exact same molecule structure. So it does have the same health benefits as eating a real steak mm -hmm. because the molecule structure is exactly the same without the impact on animals or an environment. Yeah, so I wonder. Cool. I wonder if vegans would eat that because they're always yeah. you, know, you know how they're always trying. I should yeah. ask my wife if she's a vegan, but they're always trying to create something as close to meat as possible. Oh yeah, you know, like they just and. Uh, they're always fighting. They want meat without it being meat, right? You know, so it's like that 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 part in the the human condition is like I really want, want to eat meat, but my ethics say I can't. Yeah, you know, like, and I, I said to my wife, I'm like, you can lead with the ethics, don't lead with health, because even meat, like, you can debate stuff on the uh, both sides. All the ethics, time. you can't debate it. Right, <clears throat> but I, I wonder they if they would. They'd be like, you know what? This is some lab meat. Yeah. You know what? Like they they like. They're like, oh, I'm having chicken today. I'm like, no, you're not. You're having soy. Yeah, right. You know, exactly. Like, at least call it thicken. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't fucking lie to me. Like, it's like me eat, picking up a freaking piece of steak. Going, oh no, this is this is broccoli. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's a some sort of synthetic piece of green stuff yeah. that looks like it. But it's yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, so those, those lab meat things look super interesting. But yeah, so growing, growing organs. Is that based around like CRISPR? No, CRISPR is like genetic modification, isn't that's, it? Yeah, that's more like cloning and stuff like that. That shit's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> I mean, tech is, is obviously has advanced our civilization by eons. Right? Yeah. Then, there's a, 
a stat I read, I don't know when it was, but it was something like the new technology is, where it used to take a decade to invent new technology. It's now taking like hours. Like yeah. Every hour a new tech comes out. Um, and, and the way that it's pushed our civilization forward is is positive. Obviously, there's some negatives to it too, but that's part yeah. of the environment that we there's live in. There's more positive than negatives. But right? I agree with you. There are definitely you know? more positive with negatives. Yeah. Like you hear people shit over anything like social media or technology and it's just like, mm. the only reason that exists is because you don't have to worry about people coming in and raping and pillaging your entire family. Right. That's the only reason that we're advancing is because yeah. you you don't have other shit to worry about right now. Right. Right. So that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Like we're si- we're sitting here in a room talking shit right now. Right. <clears throat> if I was in a like a thousand years ago, we don't have time for this. We don't, oh, we have to be hunting. I, I would be yeah. hunting. I got to make sure I'm not being hunted Protected. by some other civilization. Yeah, <laughs> I can just like sit here right now, whoop out my phone, and order food for both of us, and yeah, we'll I still continue to talk. Yeah. Whereas you know before, obviously, and that. life is so hard. Oh, seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so organs they grow organs. In labs now or on animals? No, they, they grow them in labs, yeah. And they yeah. use them for like organ transplants. Huh. I mean, it's pretty, and that's all based on nanotech. I mean, there's, you know, there's not like there's nanotech in the organ, but it's all based on that. Um, yeah. So those are the kind of things that, you know, from obviously a different industry, we look at how can we advance building science. Essentially, it's, it's what the term is. Um, and there's a few builders here locally um, that I really respect and follow that have a whole like building science department. And that's all they focus on is engineering, um, load charts. It's you know, how do I make this wall more efficient? How do I span this truss longer? How do I make a better product overall? And those yeah. are the builders that I want to be aligned with. Not the ones that are just, we call them paper GCs, GC like a general contractor. Yeah. Um, that are strictly just looking at it from a number standpoint and how can I make this cheaper and cheaper and cheaper yeah. and still have it make me money. That's, that's not yeah. what we align with the most. I, I think from a cost standpoint, um, we're very competitive with like a traditional concrete build. Um, but I would say we're still a little bit more expensive and the premium that you pay is that money that you won't have to pay over the life of the, of, of the house that you have. Right? Yeah. And then you have an overall <laughs> better product. So I'd like, I'd like for us to be a, a premium product, but I still want it to be affordable for the people that need it the most. So mm. the goals of creating foundations around like, you know, where we can raise money uh, and and create a a North Star community that could be for like affordable housing or it could be for essential workers or first responders would be definitely on my priority list to try to do that. All we need is is more awareness, more money, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, just more scale. Yeah. What's the difference in width between your walls and like traditional concrete walls? Oh, that's a really good question. So our our full wall width, not including drywall, is six and a quarter inches. It's a quarter inch ballistic panel, mm-hmm. and it's the C-channel, which is just six inches. Inside it, there's a cavity that's created on the inside, and that's where we stuff our insulation, and that's where your plumbing, your electrical, and your mechanical goes. Six inches wide? That's that's thin, dude. It is thin. It is thin. And How long is the conventional, like, concrete? Uh, it can be anywhere between 8 to 12 inches. And then because it's not a hollow system, then mm-hmm. they have to do insulation mm-hmm. on top of that. So ah. it, it becomes 16 inches all of a sudden. So uh, another... So like both a, sides, you're, really, you're saving almost a foot. Exactly. That's where sides. I was going. Yeah. Is, uh, is a, a big marketing pitch for us, or a value prop, I should say, is uh, on the same footprint, you can have a bigger home because our wall cavity is yeah. thinner. Yeah, and that and there's no structural there's no structural like give and take that you're that you're sacrificing at that mm-hmm. point. It's all because of the way our system is engineered. Everything is locked in and just as sturdy, if not sturdier than than concrete. Yeah, interesting. So you can have the same house, and yeah, each effectively it would be what each room would have an additional 
just short of a foot uh, around the perimeter each way yeah wow yeah, which is really really cool. Huh. Yeah. That's a it, that's a big thing for builders too. They price themselves on a price per square foot basis. I can basically say I'm creating more square feet for you for yeah. free, which you can choose to do whatever you want with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that price per square foot thing, that's the thing I've always Well, I've never really understood it because I'm like, wouldn't it, the price per square foot be based on what you're putting in? the house definitely yeah so that's where a lot of people even when i run my social media ads or we're advertising um our homes they're like well what's your average price per square foot or they'll just say what's your price per square foot and i'll i always respond to the same question it, it all depends on the build it's, yeah it's not something that i can standardly give you because your three two may have 40 windows and her three two uh might have three car garage and 20 windows right so there's yeah. obviously a, a delta um in that it all depends is on it more expensive or cheaper for uh, how many windows you have? Windows are extremely expensive. So gotcha. the more windows, are more expensive typically. Of the course, that's why my wife likes them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can always guarantee. If, that's funny. If, if she'd be like, uh, she'd be like, I like that. I'm like, yeah, because it's probably expensive. She goes, no, it's, it's eight grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That one crystal. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, there's obviously long lead time with windows too. Um, really, so that's something to how consider. Come? I guess like everything, um, supply chain issues, labor issues, everything's compounded into these different industries. Glass um, had a shortage recently, so that became um, really? a little bit of an issue. But the good thing is, again... Is that coming I, from China? Most of it, yeah. <laughs> There's the glass manufacturers here in the States. They're awesome. Some that we work with exclusively. Um, but the good thing, going back to that permit, is that while it's in permitting, because our window cavities are exact, they're, yeah. they're not being made on site where the dimensions could change easily, right? Uh, it's just human error. Um, ours are always the same size. So yeah. if we tell you they're going to be three by four and a quarter inch, that's exactly what they are. So I can order my windows while you're in permitting. Have the, a lot of the times the windows come in before we even have the shell up and we have to store them in our warehouse, which is kind of yeah. funny. It's like a running <laughs> joke we have. It's the reverse of what it normally happens. Exactly. Yep. So that's cool. So basically a lot of the time saving comes from the parallel system basically, which is while stuff's being done, you're doing something else simultaneously. Yeah. And it's not just like one thing gets done, then start the next step. Correct. So you can do steps one, two, and three at the same time. Yep. Yep. Everything's basically done at our engineering department that, that basically is the, the nucleus to the whole system. Everything yeah. is in engineering is obviously computer based. Um, so everything just starts with uh, a desktop at this point. Yeah. It all ends in really, it begins and ends there at that point. And, and what we spit out is a product of everything that's done in engineering department. Mm -hmm. um, and then what we do is create these libraries of different members and walls and um, all the way up to a whole house, and we can reuse that pretty quick. The, the, the more floor plans that we have, the quicker that we can move. Mm. Mm -hmm. Got, okay. Because all the engineering is done. Yeah. So essentially we're waiting. Like we can submit, like you buy a lot and you pick the floor plan that you want, and we've done any site planning that needs to be done, obviously looking at the lot, making sure that we can build what we want to build on it. Um, after that, we can submit permitting right away if you're using one of the floor plans that we've already engineered. Gotcha. So yep. you're going to have some, like, some pre-planned ones too. Yep. Is there uh, a, a much of a difference between, obviously, <clears throat> your pre-planned ones versus like if someone wanted a custom layout? Yeah, definitely. So on the pre-planned ones, we have everything built in like down to the T, right? Like yep. we know our costs, we know the timing, we know every piece. Like I, I spoke about members before, that's already in our what we call a BIM library, which is a digital library of different members. Um, when we're doing something custom, um, it we have to develop that basically from the ground up, which yep. we have integrated um, engineering and architectural within our firm. So it's still easier than going conventional. 
But at the same time, you know, depending on what you want to create, it can be, it can require a lot more engineering time that goes into it. It can require more aesthetic that goes into it through our architectural department. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously we have to create it in the library. But good thing all of this is happening once again during permitting or before it. Um, so it makes the process a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Custom homes are always just going to be more expensive. That That's what it comes down to mm. um, because it's it's custom, right? Yeah. You're, you're creating something that hasn't been structurally tested. It hasn't been uh, aesthetically tested yet, and it hasn't been approved by the county as, yeah. as something that can be built here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously we're in the, one of the biggest markets for custom homes, as you know, Yeah, you know, between Naples and Benita and Estero and Fort Myers. So. There's definitely, there's a, there's a money for it here. That's why. Oh yeah, <clears throat> that's right. Yep. With that, so with IP, with someone that does a custom house, uh, cause I know it works with like when you build an application with a developer, there's mm -hmm. one price for, they can, they keep all the IP and if they then, they can then copy and paste it to someone else Definitely, and you pay a difference. Is there something like that where if you develop a custom, say someone goes, hey, I want a house, and you go, that's all right, we can do this copy and paste. Yep. Is that a still? And then it, is, uh, That's a really cool thing that we do. So if you were to create a custom home and you and I worked together and created your dream home, and yep. it was you know, the Blake residence, and this is exactly what it looks like. I like that, the Blake residence. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then you said, hey, um, you know, what can we do to make, you know, if we're, if we're working on pricing, right? And I'm like, well, this is what engineering is going to cost you. But guess what? If you let me reuse your plan, I can pay you royalties every time that the plan is reused. Mm. And then to the point where you're, all of your engineering and architectural, which is a big expense, uh, can be completely erased by me paying you back essentially in this payback program. Um, if you let me develop other Blake residences throughout Southwest Florida and, and the United States. As long as I can have like a coat of arms in that house yeah. that it gets built, I'll, I'm down. Yeah, I'll have a, like a, something that, that speaks to you and yeah. like something that you really like, which would be cool. <laughs> the Australian flag has to be has in Has to be there. And like a kangaroo kicks you when you walk in the house. <laughs> Could do it. That's uh, interesting. So you can get royalties for your own design. Yeah, there's a lot of cool things that we can do. Mm. And again, we, we lead you know, with, with being outside of the box, with, with doing something that's more innovative, as, as tired as our word is these days, but it truly is. Yeah. Um, something more cutting edge, something that um, that people like really think it's cool. So uh, we treat our company the entire, like the same way from top to bottom. Like our entire organization is, we constantly challenge um, our employees, our people, our leadership to, to think outside of the box because we're having to in order to to expand the way that we want to right we're we're fighting uh building officials sometimes on 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 our code and why our system is better than concrete or wood or steel um very similar and uh it's kind of a, a funny example of what uber had to do in order to to kind of revolutionize the the um, ride share industry the taxi yeah. industry right they had to go through a lot of municipality it had to you know, skirt a lot of corners, which we're not doing, <laughs> right, to, to really get Uber out there. And this is very similar because there's a lot of municipalities that, you know, this is the way it's always been done. It's going to continue to be done. And we're like, well, this is a better way. Will you at least give us the time and day to explain why? And the yeah. ones that do, Lee County is awesome at that. They're very open to change, um, which makes sense. That's mm. I, I like Lee County a lot. It's very progressive. Um, and Collier is too, don't get me wrong. But mm. there's just some that are more open to others. Well, look at that commissioner. Right. Dude's a wild child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so that obviously... Police we, commissioner we, that is. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the social... Dude, he's awesome on social I'm media. trying to get him on here. You should. We've chatted. He I just here. He didn't reply to my email. He replied to my DMs, but yeah. Which is funny. He's looking at his DMs more than he has his email. Well... I like that. Have you seen... He does... He, the reason I came across him was because of Brad Kozer, who was on my podcast. Yeah. And then Brad posted something with him. And then I went to check him out. I'm like, dude, this guy is literally just like some... 
TikTok bro right. who happens to have a uniform and a gun. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a funny dude. He's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. No, he looks funny. But um, yeah, no, Lee County's pretty dope. Yeah. And that back to the in- innovation, that's really what we try to do from mm. top to bottom, inside and out. I always challenge my team like, you know, be great. Like, let's figure out how we can do something different. Let's figure out how we can. We're literally changing the world. I put that responsibility on every person that comes in through the door that's going to work for us, whether they're a salesperson, an engineer, they're working on the floor. It's like, dude, you are changing the world. Everything that you do today and every minute that you spend in the day working on North Star is a minute spent into the future that you literally will have your your handprint on that forever, which yeah. will change the, the future. <clears throat> that we're. When you come in and you've been there, you interact with some of the people, we're all just fucking excited, bro. Like, yeah. literally, we are jumping out of our chairs. Pretty youthful team, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And that's not by design. I mean, we have uh, all sorts of age ranges in there, but we've had a lot of young guys and girls come through, um, and, and they bring a lot of energy to the table, which yeah. I love. From a sales standpoint, you need the energy, but also from... What we're doing, it's a big task. It sounds very glamorous um, on paper, and as we speak about it, it's amazing and it's cool. But the execution of it is is painstaking. It's yeah. difficult. It's it's it can be a huge toll emotionally, physically, mentally to take on. And 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 what, what we always come back to is, I can lean on my team, even me as as one of the leaders. Like I have days where I just get my ass kicked like anybody else mm-hmm. does. And, and I have those guys and girls in there and and they're right there to pick me up. And that's, I think that's what makes a company a company. It makes a company yeah. great is the culture and is the environment and it's the people, right? A company by definition is a group of people. It, it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're passionate about it, right? Yeah, and, definitely. And you can help pick each other up. It's, it's an extension of our life. People mm. say, I, I want the work-life balance and I get that, right? <laughs> we need to disconnect, but... But I don't all, know how to do that. I don't know how to do that either. It's all one thing for me. It's all it's all blended, and you know, my wife, bless her soul, he, she she puts up with it. And, and but she's again part of the company and having surrounding yeah. yourself with good people. She gets it. What we're doing yeah. is 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 a is a labor of love, dude. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's taken a lot, and uh, you know, I, I commend Paul all the time. That my my partner, the CEO, he he's given up thirty years of his life. Um, where he could have just been a normal builder and crushed it and made millions like some of these other builders do. But yeah. no, he wanted to do things differently the right way. He was uh, the round peg in the square hole, right? Mm-hmm. The genius on the verge of insanity, which is what we, we have to be to do stuff like this. And uh, he's the reason why we're we're doing what we're doing. And um, he's done a great job of putting an awesome team together um, and, and people with that that conscience in mind. And we're all like-minded yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with um, to go back to the commission. Yeah. Is there a set structure of how it works or is there like a, um, yeah, it... yeah, I mean, it's all percentage based, right? Mm-hmm. So, so let's just say like, uh, to give you an example, the engineering and architecture for the Blake residence is going to cost 50 G's, mm-hmm. right? And that's baked into the building price, obviously. So that's baked yeah. into your all our price, right? Um, every time I reuse the Blake residence as part of like your payback program, um, we would take something like a, a 10%, right? To make the payback quicker. So you don't have to, we don't have to sell 500 homes just to get you mm. your money back. 10% is a pretty, you know, That's good. normally a, a good amount. I'll just go out and market my house and get 10 houses yeah, done. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Um, to pay you back on that and then obviously continue to push those out as yeah. much as possible. I, You know, to, to be completely candid, it is a work in progress as everything that we're doing is mm-hmm. much newer. The company's been around since 2020. So a lot of things are organically changing every day. Our processes, our systems yeah. uh, are changing on a daily basis to make us ours. Us much more efficient, but just to give you an example of what we've done in the past is something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's a smart way too, because it's a lot easier to scale then too. Because you like, if everything's custom, I mean, you need manpower for every single new job. But if you can minimize it a little bit, and you incentivize other people too, the creator, like, yeah. right? 
Yeah, that that's could be cool. a, a whole their own little side gig of something that they do. That we want everybody <laughs> they, they, to, like you got your customers hustling to sell houses. Yeah. Like, I need to make back my money. <laughs> yeah. You got influencers <laughs> on IG. <laughs> North Star Homes. That'd be sick. Doing a wall. <laughs> yeah, right. I and I want to tap into that in all seriousness is how to have everybody have um, how to take the masses and have them help us in this incredibly yeah. important mission. How do we do that? I mean, obviously money is an incentive, but the uh, the conscious, the, the ethical. mini homes want to be an easy one because I think that's a trending thing happening on social media. The tiny homes, yeah. Tiny homes and caravan living. Yeah. That, I mean, if you can do a bulletproof tiny ho- uh, caravan. We could do anything. Yeah. Literally build anything. Um, That'd be your best bet, I reckon. Tap into those ones. I think I will. Yeah. That's <laughs> where, see, we're creating ideas that, here. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Could get you a little royalty on that. Yeah. yeah. Do I get royalties for all those houses? Sure. Stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Let's work something out. <laughs> that, yeah. That could work. The I tiny think... home has been really cool. So it, it started at, as an idea that, that the team and I came up with essentially like, what what's another good use of our, our product, right? There's so yeah. many endless uses for, for FRP and for the North Star wall panels and everything. Um, tiny Homes is a trending word right now. There's companies mm-hmm. out there like Boxable that are saying, you know, your house in a box erected in an hour. Um, but they're way backed up. Um, yeah. They're having a hard time getting into different municipalities with building codes, right? Because essentially their wall systems are made out of wood yeah. and plastic and things that are, you know, just not going to stand yeah. up in places like a hurricane. Florida, a hurricane right? will eat that for breakfast. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little snack for <laughs> Your tiny homes in the air. Oh, right. Shit. But people still want them. People want minimalist living. It doesn't yeah. have to be a, a piece of garbage. It can be super cool looking on the inside. It could be super high end. Um, in, in exchange for How living. How big is a tiny home? In the, well, they, they all range, right? So they can be, the littlest one we have is 400 square feet. Uh-huh. And they can go all the way up to 950. Every, uh, really, when you get past yeah. that thousand square foot, it's no longer a tiny home. That's just a standard residence. At that yeah, point. fuck 400. What's that? Yeah, but the way it's all in the it's way like it's three of this room. That is a tiny home. Yeah, yeah. But hey, think about it this. That's way. like an apartment, really. If I go vertical, right? If I make the, these are probably eight, nine foot ceilings. If I go 16 foot, I can do a little mezzanine or a little loft, right? Mm. And you're creating more square footage in the same footprint. Hmm. And that's what some of these have too. They're they're n- technically not two stories, but in the inside there's a loft, yeah. uh, which makes it like a second, basically story. Interesting. Yeah. So we it, it all goes into the design, right? The, going back to building yeah, yeah. science, there's a lot of like very cool things that you can do to maximize space and living corridors and areas. I mean, people live out of their freaking RVs, and if you go into like yeah. a really nice RV, like the ones that are costing half a million bucks. Every inch of that space is completely optimized because it has to be because yeah. you're only working with 200 square feet. <laughs> yeah. So it has to be dialed in, right? Yeah. Interesting. So roughly like a 400 square foot place, and I, I know they all vary, obviously. Yeah. What's an example price range for those sort of places? Yeah, great question. So dep- again, going back to depending on finishes, but the ones that we already have in production um, on the smallest scale, which is that 400 to 450 square foot range, we can bang those out for anywhere from 130 to 140 grand. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are in your selection process where you're selecting your, your finishes, right? Yeah. When we when I quote you that number, for example, that includes you know, your, your standard granite or quartz countertop, your standard tile, um, 10-foot ceilings, impact uh, windows. So all the, the stuff that needs to be in there to make yeah. it an awesome home is already there. Now, if you want Viking appliances and just like the, the highest end African granite that you can find, obviously that's going to influence the price. Yeah. But on that same token, if you 
don't really care and you're okay with laminate or you're okay with carpet in certain areas or you're really trying to be more cost conscious, then I can actually drop that number even further. Really? It all depends on the selections. Yep. We'll have to talk after this. I got yeah. a few ideas. Yeah. Because so I really want to build like a duplex because the in-laws want to live close here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the price is going to be the, the because I was like, we're looking at San Carlos. Right. They're like, no. I'm like, where are you thinking I was living? They're like, more like Benita Springs. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Those houses are a bit up there. Right. <laughs> Even those lot valleys are pretty expensive. Yeah, they get, some of yeah. them get up there. But that yeah. was what I was thinking. Because I, I, I'm trying to live for free. So I'd rather have a duplex to start off with. A little especially house hacking. Someone, I like that. A little house hacking sort yeah. of thing. Um, I'm not too attached to size. Yeah, as long as it's efficient. I love the idea. Everything comes down to, again, yeah, efficiency. Like the only reason I'm looking at four bedroom homes is because I'm like, one could be a podcast studio. Mm-hmm. that leverages the price of this and then the other one is a office but it's right. like i section the house off so it's like i'm not here babe right you know like right because that's the hardest part it's like hey can it's you just quickly do this thing right. like ah laundry dishes food, yeah yeah hey can is- you just help me for one second like you're in the zone yeah and i'm like i uh, it takes like, a long time to get back in that zone too yeah and it's like you're in that close proximity where right. you saying fuck off i'm not here because right. that's what you're thinking right you know that's what you're thinking yeah you're you're an asshole. Yeah, you know you don't. And yeah, like how do you say that nicely? How, yeah, how, and there's moments where it is just like I I I want to help you, but I know if I was in an office right now, you wouldn't. Have I wouldn't. Access I, to me I, anyway. You wouldn't have access to me, and you wouldn't be able to even ask me that. Right. And you would just have to deal with it. Right. As and you know that sounds real harsh, but it's like that's what would happen. Like, right. I, I just got to deal with it. So you have to section it off. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm agree. just like, but I, I can see she just walk around. Hey, can you really help? Yeah, of course, knock on the door. <laughs> I need geography. <laughs> I need distance. <laughs> geography. That's good. That's funny. But yeah, for these, um, you know, in a situation like that, you can either build multifamily, which is obviously the easiest way to do it, so you yeah. can live for free. Um, or like I said at the beginning, you could essentially whatever your budget is and then build up from there as your budget grows, right? Mm-hmm. And borrow equity from the home or put more cash down and then we create more more yeah. bedrooms, more living area, whatever it is that you want to expand upon. Um, I can just see myself making the money back faster, especially Bonita Springs. Yeah. That place has like in the busy season, it's like a 95% occupancy rate. Oh, yeah. So okay. it's like, dude, one, one, one winter... I reckon I'd pay Airbnb, off. Just crush it. Yeah. We yeah. do a lot of, um, when I was, I had my independent brokerage formerly, we, we picked up doing property management and we still do it because it's just a good revenue stream and yep. it gets our name out there to all these different guests that are coming in. Um, but on the Airbnbs, man, like during season, really starting late October, early November, all the way now to like late April, early May, yeah. which was never the case before, by the way. Um, we're book solid. There is no vacancies. Yeah. And then people are paying top dollar for that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny just to see how much the season has grown. It used to really be like, when I f- first moved here um, in 1999 was when I first got down here. And and I was largely unaware of this as a nine-year-old, right? <laughs> but but looking back at it, I know that season was really only like January and February or February and March. It was really like a month and a half mm. that people would come down here. Now it's extended into the hot, like starting yeah. through the holidays and through Mother's Day, essentially. That's probably because now remote living's like remote working is so possible. Yeah. So you can be like, you don't have to get back at the end of February. Right. It's like, hey, I'm just gonna I'm gonna still work, but I'll come back up when it starts getting really cool. Right. 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 You know? So all those oh, people. Oh, sorry. Really hot. Oh, really hot, right? Yeah, yeah wrong, back there. Wrong hemisphere. Yeah. <laughs> All those people that come down here, um, 
you know, I, I think I think it's great. Obviously, they become members of of, uh, of our local infrastructure, our local yeah. um, economy. They drive um, they drive our economy, right? They drive our jobs. My job, uh, maybe not. I guess yours in a way too, because your clients it's driving their job, so it's mm-hmm. helping you almost like. Well, the cool a thing about my one is, yeah, people need to be marketing all year round. I tell them that. I'm like, yeah. if you're oh, ramp- yeah. if you're ramping up just in busy season, it's too late. <sighs> Yeah, it's, it's like right. it's a classic thing, you know, when like people get business and they're like, all right, cool, and they lay off the marketing, then they get a bit desperate for it because they start marketing again. I'm like, dude, you're constantly chasing. If you're just marketing all year round, mm-hmm. it's like that door is always rotating. And then when it when it's busy, it's like, it's better to say, I have to say, sorry, I can't take your business. Right. Than saying, can I take your business? Please let me have your yeah. business. I will discount my services yeah. for your business. Whereas right? I, so many people are terrified of saying, no, I can't. Right. I'm like, I, I live for that. I'm like, yeah. I'm so Can sorry. You get to the point where you're like, yeah, absolutely. When I'm saying no to multiple thousand dollars worth of dollars, because I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm like, I well, don't know why I like it. Time to hire somebody else <laughs> yeah. at that point. Well, that's what, we're, that's what we're doing now with with our new system. But because there's no geography required now, that's yeah. the hardest part, sending a filmer. Yeah. So, yeah. I think what you're saying about marketing is so important because I, I've learned that as a business owner, even the hard way, right? When you're trying to... You're looking at your your profit and loss statement on a monthly or quarterly basis, and you're like, okay, cool. What here's my expenses? Here's what came in. What can I cut down now? Now, yeah. Especially going into the summer, we go into like summer mode, which is where people tend to take vacations, maybe reduce their ad spend, maybe reduce their marketing. Yeah. And that's a cardinal sin, in my opinion. Not the vacation; everybody deserves that. But reducing <laughs> ad spend, like honestly, like that should be, mm-hmm. like you said, always the same. Um, that's the only way that people know about your business. And easier said than done because you have to. For you, it must be quite the, the task, or maybe it's not. You have it dialed in to where you have to educate people. Like, you need yeah. this. Like, it's yes, it's a service. Yes, I'm providing it. Yes, I stand to make money, but you you need this if mm-hmm. you want your business to be relevant. And and from a psychological standpoint, too, when you talked about this is how their ad spend is or their marketing is, guess yeah. what else is that way? Their emotions, their yeah. finances, <laughs> their mental stability. And I've, I've realized that over the years. It's like you get on this, like, roller coaster of death with as a business owner mm-hmm. where it's like feast famine feast famine feast famine and all of a sudden um you look you look back on the last few years or whatever and you're like man my my mental health is fucked yeah like i've gained a bunch of weight I've, i'm stressed to the tilt i have a bunch of gray hair and that's really been like kind of like an epiphany for me over the last few years is mm-hmm. that i want to focus on avoiding that as much as possible as i you know, I'm only 32, but as I begin to get older, as I think about having a family and kids and all that, and we just got a dog, and he takes a lot of my attention. <laughs> Why do you have a kid? Little puppy, right? Yeah. Right. Congratulations like, to you, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's like, very recent. That's seeing, awesome. Seeing the wife, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing. She she's like, I really want to do this, this, and this. I'm like, you got to, like, it's hard. It's like you get that juggle part where it's like, all right, either we get a caregiver and you work your ass off when you haven't got the Money. baby, right? But it's like, you know, you end up realizing how much time a baby takes. Even a toddler. Toddler take like, I swear they take, like, a little bit more. But, yeah, my wife's a trooper. Yeah, yeah. But there's moments we, like. We owe it to our wives. <laughs> my wife locks it down. She just, I'm, like, really good at certain t- things. Like, mm. you know, with in, in business or in my career in sales, I'm completely inept at, like, keeping the house together and I feel so bad because it's never purposeful. I mm. never constantly think of like, oh shit, ha, I'm leaving a mess, a mess behind. She's going to have to <clears> clean <throat> that up. And I know it, maybe it seems that way, but it's it's not. It's always yeah. unconscious. Like I'm just going about my day because my brain is constantly engaged on what I can be doing to further uh, North Star and, you know, my people and everything, that mm-hmm. our mission that we have, right? And I know you're the same way. It doesn't yeah. shut off. There's never been a time that I've either gone on vacation, taken a weekend, taken a day off um, that I haven't thought about work. 
I just, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. stop it. So that's why I tell people to accept that <clears throat> it's all one. There is some balance that you can have, but early on, especially there is no balance. It's all work. And yeah. You can fit on personal wherever you can, but be mindful of the mental health aspect of it too. And the toll that it takes uh, on your emotions, on your, on your mental stability, on your, mm. on your re- most important relationships. Like if I could like go back to myself when I first started in, in, in real estate or when I first started in my career, it would be just to focus on that, bring stability to your life because it's more important than you think yeah, uh, on yeah. the long term. Because there's there's things that, that happen throughout a long period of time that you don't notice are happening on a daily basis, right? Like gaining weight, for example. It doesn't happen with one cheeseburger on one day. It happens with multiple <laughs> cheeseburgers over multiple years, yeah. right? But then all of a sudden you turn around and you've gained 50 pounds. Right? Yeah. It's the same with your business. It's the same with your most important relationships. It's the same with your finances. Just to be to bring some more awareness to that would be like, I think that's a goal that I have when I I I, I train and recruit a lot of agents, mm-hmm. and when we bring them in, it, the first week we just spend on mindset and, f- and fundamentals, like yeah, how to overcome that, how to define your goals, how to make them important, and how to operate on a daily basis um, towards those goals, right? And how to make each day like get the most out of each day, so then you can go home and actually try to disconnect if you can. Yeah, right. Well, it's um, most people get married to the goal when it's the actions. Right. So the big difference is like when I started this podcast, obviously there's goals associated with like, you know, build awareness and all this sort of shit. Like use this as an avenue to find clients. There's all those goals. But I knew that in order for me to make sure that this stays consistent, I married the goal to my actions, which was I can't quit until I reach a hundred episodes. That's awesome. And it has to be one a week. Now a hundred for one a week is two years. Yeah. You know, and each of these podcasts have anywhere from two to five clips. Right. And I have to post them. So it's like I'm married to the idea now and the goal of post every single day. And the thing is, as you post every single day, you just naturally get better at it. Like, all right, well, that sucked. You find that one too great. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, this, you know, now with our editor, I said to her, like, we're doing an, uh, this is what we do with our clients too, is like we do a, a, a review and like we audit what's working. Mm-hmm. And this is where people get really impatient. Like, oh, I want to see a return on my stuff in 90 days. I'm like, <laughs> if you do, like Hannah Vogel was one of the very few where I was just like, just so you know, Hannah, your results are not normal. Right. You know, like usually organic content is a great way to sort of bring people into the good thing and then they open up touch points. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had like five closes in two three weeks that's amazing i was like just so you know that's not normal right (laughs) right but what she does isn't normal either she is a a young woman in construction and that's what we lent in on and that was part of the thing yeah (laughs) there's like maybe one of her yeah (laughs) and that's what i said to her and i I said it literally on the podcast i was like you've got to lean into that yeah not shy away from it right um you know you're not flaunting it like some floozy but just that's going to break the scroll because people are like, oh, hot chick. And mm. it's like, what's she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what's she doing? And it's like, she knows her shit too. So they're like, huh, yeah. okay. Um, I've known Hannah for a long time. I, I, the, 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 the whole, I've watched her go from the Hannah I knew before to like mm. this accomplished businesswoman. And I think that's so awesome. Yeah. I love watching people throughout years like become a better version of themselves because you can see like there was a lot of intention there. There was mm. a lot of like weekly things. There's a lot of rituals that she had to do. Similar to what you said, I have to do a hundred podcasts. That means one one a week for yeah. two years. And guess what? If you ever took a week off, 
you're, you just lie to yourself in that goal. Mm. You, you're no longer married to that goal. Now you have to readjust. Yeah. Right? And there that, was one week I missed and I was pissed. And I was only because pissed, though. I wasn't physically here. I was in this, um, West Virginia. Right. So I couldn't do a podcast. I was right. like, fuck. Right. So now it's like, I mean, I'm going up in a next week. I've already got five in the backlog. So it's like, I've, I've got episodes till October. Right. <clears throat> so I'm like, all right, we're good. Right, good. Yeah. <laughs> you can always do two in one week, three in one week if you ever miss yeah, a couple of weeks. That's what I started off doing was two a week. That's yeah. what I would love to do. Yeah. But it was like one, it was just time. And also I was just burning through guests. I yeah. was like, all right, well, we just gotta space it out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> At some point you you ever feel like you're gonna run out of guests? Because you're doing most things locally, right? Yeah, I'm sticking to local at the moment. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. But um the other thing was too, it's like I don't wanna run out of interesting people. There you, go. you know what I mean? Like this is still, again, this is a product for people to listen to it. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that it's people I find interesting because if I find them interesting, then, you know, the conversation will be good. Fluid. Yeah. And, we'll, and yeah, fluid. So yeah, I, I wanted to just make sure it was one a week for that reason. Right. I so like I, could, that I could space it it's out. Intentional. Too. Yeah. Because yeah, that's still 52 people. Yeah, a year. That's a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot. And over the course of a few years, that's that's a ton of people. Yeah, and there'll, yeah. there'll be some overlap, like recurring guests for sure. Of course. Um, but no, that was the that was what I said, and it's like I mean, the goals have now pivoted a little. Oh, fuck, I hate that word. It's so overused. Yeah, just like innovative. <laughs> pivoted. Yeah, we had to do a pivot during COVID. <laughs> It's Tell like, me. we get it. Everyone yeah. did, okay? Yeah. Stop yeah. saying you pivoted. <laughs> Fucking it's everyone exclusive did. to you. It's kind of hard not to pivot when you get told to stay at home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just kept doing what I always did. No, yeah. you didn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I had to just, yeah. I've, as you start fine-tuning it, you realize that. And that's what I say with the clients. It's like, if you're going to get on board with this, you have to have, like commit at least mentally to a year. Right. Because what's going to happen is we're going to like, one, we can't know what's going to work. Right. It, the first few months, you're throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it still does sticks. We have a few proven formulas, but it's like, also, how do we make it yours? Right. Because if people want us to come in and like, just do generic shit, we can do that. But even with us, I'm like, I don't want every client to be like, oh, you're just doing exactly what you did with them. Right. Like, sure, the talking head stuff, there's a few overlap stuff that's always going to look similar. Yeah. Just with your own flavor to it. But then there's like branding other colors of the tiling and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But you don't learn that until you start seeing doing it. it. Yeah, you know, like it. I just started doing a thing of, I don't know if you follow me, but I got yeah. dad jokes. Yeah. Oh, I love those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've started, like now I do it with all my clients and I'm like, now as a throw in piece of thing, you guys get a video for free every month with me. You know, and it's just, but what happens is it's just, it's another piece of content that has nothing to do with anything other than entertaining. But if someone sees it, they like it, then they come across the shit that you like. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And who can't love someone who's just willing to be a dickhead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just be themselves. <laughs> and they're fun to shoot because it's just like, you have to be deadpan. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I have to, I have to make sure they leave it a little bit so I can cut off before they start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Hold the laugh. Hold yeah, the reaction. Yeah. That's funny. That's probably harder, easier said than done. It, it is, Well, it is. It's funny though, because the hardest part when I'm teaching people how to talk on camera yeah. is to not be deadpan. Because it, it it sucks the life out of you, right? You know, and so part of like what is encompassing in the product is, I'm teaching people how to bring themselves to light mm -hmm. without being 
fake. Exactly. <clears throat> you know, how to, what are the tonalities I'm going to use? What are the body movements I'm going to use? Yeah. Mannerisms. Um, if I want you to hear a certain word, mm-hmm. what do I press on? How do I emphasize it? Yeah. How do I emphasize it? Or, or like if you have a, a <clears throat> funny tick, like, hey, stop moving your head that way or stop yeah. like shrugging your shoulders or stand so up that's straight. Nerves. Or, yeah. That's always nerves. Yeah. And like most of my clients, like so Giovanni, <clears throat> who I like, I do content for his his mortgage. Uh, Matita? Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Super good. We, we shot yesterday with him um, and he's uh, two of his uh, staff. It was just laughs for five out four hours. It was just a little fucking around. That's what people want to see. If I look at like the most successful, whether it's marketing or podcast, but we're talking about podcasts, like um, they're obviously consistent. They're posting every week or or more, or at least they have some sort of rhythm or cadence, right? (laughs) And then their actual (laughs) content is engaging and it's normal. And it's just more, I don't want to say casual because there's a lot of intention on some of these. Like I follow Andy Frisella. Mm-hmm. And I think he's freaking awesome, right? And he always just speaks the truth. He doesn't give a shit about what, what people think about him. He just is, he's himself. He comes on the podcast. He brings other like-minded people. Yeah. And they all talk about their life experiences and what, what they feel they need to do to make the world a better place. And then they largely just bullshit for the better part of an hour. But it's yeah. all very organic and very natural. Yeah. And it, you can watch, obviously, if you listen to it. But even just listening to it, you could tell it's not scripted. It's not, there's no agenda. There's no, like, mission to it. It's just really about being mm. themselves well that's what throws a couple of guests off when they uh spe- more like when they get really successful they're used to having i guess in a way like oh here's my question it's a whole production <laughs> yeah yeah not like a production but it's like do you want me to send you a spec sheet for what to ask oh okay and yeah. like you know just so you're prepared i'm like nah yeah it's like what do you, what, what okay yeah. amen <laughs> whatever happens happens man <laughs> you know like obviously i want to know a bit about them like you and i have chatted many times before right but it's not like we're going to tap these points. Right. You know, and again, if there's someone who's interesting, I mean, I, sometimes I don't know anything about them other than a bit of their social media, mm-hmm. but I just want to listen to what they talk about and then I'll have some questions. Whereas Based if I that. come in going like, oh, I'd, like sometimes, yeah, there's some things where I'm like, oh, I want to know about this or mm-hmm. know about that. Mm-hmm. It's then hard to tie it in because I'm just like, tell me about this. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds very like, okay, now it is 32 minutes and I must talk about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I don't like, I like the way you do it. It's, it's organic. Like we said, I feel like if you have too much of a preset, then it kind of takes away from what organic questions could have came from each one because then you yeah. have a time block to get through all these questions. Mm. And this is more like fluid, like you asked some questions that I'm sure you wanted to ask, yep. but then from my answers came other questions that you could have never scripted because you didn't mm. know, right? Well, that that uh, IP question. Right. I was just like, yeah, mm, fuck, yeah, that's exactly. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's the cool thing and that's what's really fun about this is, you know, do I think most people are going to listen to two hours of us talk? No. 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 Maybe my mom will probably. You yeah. Honestly, you'd be surprised. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> some people are like, yeah, man, I listened to about six of your episodes. I'm like, you spent 10 hours listening to me talk? <laughs> Fuck. My, my wife can't even deal with like one hour. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> and she loves me. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that was like, that was the whole goal with this thing. And it, it, it you can't do it without becoming better. Like if you're doing it more and more and more, and you're not getting better, like I think you'd probably just need to Pick figure something, something else. If there's yeah. something, something missing in there. Right. You know, and that's the thing again, like I said, with, with the content stuff is it's fun and then you, you just don't know what's going to, what's going to translate and connect with some people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And half the time, like you, you think something's going to work and it doesn't. Right. And then you post the same clip six weeks later. 
and it and pops it blows off. Up. Yeah, isn't that crazy? We po- I post. I've started repurposing old stuff now from these podcast clips, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and like one I got. 12,000 views the first time redid it just cut it a little bit shorter because I was like I, I think this is the hook it's not this part like there's seven seconds of unnecessary content mm-hmm. it does give context but I, if I get rid of it it still makes sense but it comes in being like what the hell's going on right. you got like 45,000 views in the first day and I was like hmm that's okay. crazy yeah but it's that constant just relentlessly doing yep. it yep and that's what's fun when you're doing it with, with the clients it's like I always warn them, especially if they have like one video pop off at the start. I'm like, just, just so you know, it's not normal. if it doesn't happen next time, don't be disappointed. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Disclosure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, like important for any marketing, and I'm I'm glad you're saying that. It's you can't ever tell how <clears throat> people are going to react to certain pieces of marketing, right? So yeah. it's important to just be open to trying a bit of everything because mm-hmm. it's largely emotional based. <clears throat> like if you look at social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, it's just a bunch of people showing up on a somewhat frequent basis, bringing their emotions to the table basically. Yeah. Right. And, and hiding behind the screen, whether it's a computer or phone, whatever iPad. Um, and then what you're projecting out there um, is largely going to be, the results are going to largely be influenced by the way that people are feeling that certain moment. Yeah. Right when they see the ad or when they see your collateral or when they research your website, right? Um, so it's very emotional based. It's kind of like I, my buddy said it really well. Um, he's a really successful day trader, and I asked him once, like, what's like, what's this like one thing that you've taken away from this that's made you so successful at day trading? Because most people fail, right? Yeah. And he's like, I've just realized that every <clears throat> move of the ticker, every dollar spent, is not a transaction. It is more of an emotional state of mind. So hmm. people buy and sell based on emotions. And it's the same thing on a giant, you know, computerized scale with the stock market. And I'm like, man, that is true, right? Mm. People buy and sell based on emotions. They do so with their stocks. They do so with uh, liquid death. They do so with any sort of thing that they want. I large, like, do it. I just got a new car, right? And, yeah. I, uh, and I could have <clears throat> probably had $10,000 less to a cheaper car if mm. it wasn't for the brand. Yeah. But I really wanted a certain brand. So that, and the, that, that's purely emotional. That is a Jaguar. Eey. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I've always, I, I, I was going to say, super classy. I was going to say, no one logically buys a Lamborghini and right. Jaguar is the same. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I could have had a freaking Ford Escape, but I didn't want that. I wanted yeah. a Jag, right? Um, and I think that's people that can tap into that in an organic, like without it seem like it's intentional, but it is. And, yeah. and maybe it isn't. It just happens, right? You're throwing shit <laughs> at a wall, seeing what sticks is genius to me. Yeah. Like that's, I'm always fascinated by marketing because the real amazing companies like Apple, their marketing was always so on point, bro. All the videos they came up with, all the stuff, it made you want that stupid yeah. little iPod. You needed it. They very quickly though, they are the only brand mm-hmm. that doesn't have a face and people have emotional connections to it. It's the only brand. Really? <clears throat> so from a standpoint of like a face of like the their leadership or their, their inventor or like, cause Tesla, I mean, I think of Tesla, so, yeah, I think of Elon, but. Yeah, so I mean, look, when Steve Jobs was here, he revamped it and he was the head figure for for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess he was the lightning rod. Sure. Um, but their marketing was always around the product and they deliberately removed um, faces. So Coca-Cola, it's not just a Coke bottle. It's some attractive people who probably rarely drink Coca-Cola at a beach. Right. Having it's a great all, time. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's so it's always human based. Whereas Apple's ads 
think way back to when the um the iPhone. first the iPhone, but even like their ads back in the day where they had jet play and it was a, a silhouette of people and you could you just had the, the white the headphones. for the iPods, right? Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. And it was always like a really catchy song. Like I'll mm-hmm. never forget when I first bought an iPod, um, I always kept thinking about the commercial I saw it was a silhouette of a person and there was like colors going on inside yeah. the, the silhouette. And it was uh, it was a song called Tongue Tied. Uh, mm. And it was just so catchy that it not only made me buy an iPod, but the first freaking song I downloaded <laughs> was Tongue Tied. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I loved it. I felt so cool for it. Yeah. And that's that's kind of interesting. You're right. They really don't have, now that I think about all the mm-hmm. marketing throughout the years, it's really just product. And it's been very deliberate. Yeah. It's been very deliberate to never be associated with human in, a human in particular. Mm-hmm. It's always, it, it's still elicited an emotion, music, powerful thing. Yeah. Uh, to get emotions, but it's always been pushing you towards the product and the brand so that it never had to worry about having to leverage a celebrity. Right. Like even Samsung, Samsung doesn't have the cult following that Apple does. Right. I don't think any brand does. Even Nike, it's about the athlete that's wearing it. Right. You know, no one buys the shoes. Like there's a reason that Jordans are so popular because Jordan was the best player in the basketball. Exactly. In basketball. So yeah. <laughs> Um, those are you're right. Those are largely based from sponsorships, like Nike, yeah. Adidas, Reebok, major brands. Under all Armour, human association, but you don't buy it if Tom Brady wasn't wearing it mm-hmm. or Derek Jeter or whoever it is that, yeah. that they've sponsored, right? Yeah. So unless you can, unless you have a budget like Apple, right. it's like humans are the easiest. And I guess why I guess very few minus Apple have even tried. Um, it's it's because it's it's so much easier for people to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So if you're leading with the people, you know this is why I always say like if you're not doing video of people seeing you talk, you're losing sales and you don't realize. Yeah, because they I can't understand you as quickly as I want to, mm-hmm. and like there's so many times where you know I'll post a video and it. I don't think it does great, but it resonated with one person who slid in my DMs and like, hey, do you do videos? Yeah. I'm like, yep, great. Because of, you know, something I said or, but if it was a photo, eh, yeah, probably cool not reaching photo, out. but yeah. 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 And it, content like that is, is evergreen, obviously, which is a marketing term. Like, especially mm. if you put out a, a really engaging video that sits out there forever. All right. So this is a quick ad break. Finally got a sponsor and that sponsor is me. <laughs> A lot of people have been asking me, Blake, what is it you do? They think I do a podcast and that's all I do. But the reality is I actually create content for businesses on social media that will actually build a proper relationship with your audience instead of it just being pretty stuff. Because the reality is I don't do content for you. I do content for your customers. One major thing I've noticed in the Southwest Florida area is that there's a lot of great videographers, cinematographers. There are some great ones around here. But what is missing is the way in which they create that content to communicate with the right audience for your company, whether it's air conditioning, whether it's roofing, it could even be real estate. They're not leading with what is going to interest the customer. Instead, they're leading with what interests the company. The problem is now, though, with that, if you're talking about yourself, you're going to miss out on actually reaching the people that are going to buy your shit. So if you want to find out a little bit more information about how your business can reach the right people, hit the link in the description of this podcast. It'll say skymediahouse.com or hit me up on Instagram at I'm Blake Doyle. Slide in my DMs 
and I'll get back to you to show how you can actually reach the right people for your company so that you can build a relationship with the customers and make sales a lot easier because there's not many people doing it in this area. Now let's get back to the show. And yep. if it's indexable in <clears> such <throat> a way that, you know, Google, you know, best water in the market right now and liquid death popped up, that's, mm. you know, that based on that video, people are going to buy that. Yeah, right? yeah. So I, I definitely see that from yeah. that standpoint. And it's funny too, like you realize as well, I don't, the more I've marketed and posted and done stuff and like I've had viral experiences for me and clients, Yeah, you realize it doesn't matter what people say because, so for example, one of my episodes I did with someone, I was editing it and I was like, as I'm editing it the first time, I'm like, shut the fuck up, Blake. Stop talking. <laughs> Why are you talking? And then I, I watched it a second time. I was like, mm, it's not that bad. I'll keep it. Then I get a message from my mate Sid and he's like, dude, love this episode. It's so engaging, so interesting. I was like, oh, cool. Do you think I talk too much in it? He goes, no, what are you talking about? So the, Really? Yeah. Okay, I like So that. that's the thing where it's like, okay, you're going to get some people that are going to go like F North Star, they're this, this, and this. Oh, yeah, naturally. But you can show that to the very same person. They'll be like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then someone else, they're like, I love it. Right. That you end up going, all right, it's just about putting stuff out because if I can have two different experiences on the same piece of content myself. <laughs> Imagine the masses. And then, yeah. Right. And I can guarantee other people listening to that same episode probably going, shut up, this guy's annoying. <laughs> 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 like, So you just start realizing when there's that freedom, you just go, you know what? I'm just going to keep putting it out as long as I like it. And if I'm trying to do certain goals with it, if it flops, who cares? I'll post it in later and might go well. Or if it goes great, who cares? Because it might flop if I do it again. Right. So you get you get detached from when it does well and when it does bad. Yeah. It's just all part of the same system. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually over it. a long period of time, it did well. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. that's the whole goal. There might be some times it didn't, but overall, mm. if over a long period of time it did well, which goes back to your point about giving it at least a year. Like mm-hmm. people run a campaign. Like I, I've done a lot of Facebook ads over the years, right? And... Um, like when I had people that were waiting for leads from from the campaign, it's like, hey, it's been a couple of days, I haven't had any leads. I'm like, yeah, but like last week you had like 20. So yeah. let's, let's let's look at the bigger picture, right? Yeah. It, it's all over the longer period of time, which unfortunately most of us don't have the patience for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Business is a long-term game. Yeah. Marketing we, is a long-term game. Marketing, especially the organic game, but the organic yeah. game, it pays dividends bigger than anything else because what happens is you're slowly building a a net of attention. The paid marketing game, it supplements it, but if you're relying on just the paid thing, there's no reason for the person to come back right. because it's just a transaction. Right. So, you know, that's that's always the goal is... That's a good point. Right. Yeah, so you can yeah. be marketing with paid, Yeah. but if I... One, now it's like you're trying to hook them in and sell it. Right. So, like, for example, if I'm speaking to someone and they're not necessarily interested right now, if the next time they talk to me is me reaching out to try and sell to them again, now their interaction with me is constantly, this guy's trying to fucking sell me all the time. Mm-hmm. Versus if it's, I'm chatting to them, they're not interested right now, but then I'm popping up on their feed every day, every second day with something that's funny, like a dad joke or you know something from here or a, a tip on how to improve their marketing. When I message them again, if it's me, they might DM yeah. first, but if it's me the next time, it's been 50 interactions between when we last spoke mm-hmm. and now. Mm-hmm. Not on my time, but 
in our brain, we've had 50 different interactions in, right. their, in their brain. But that it's all... not him trying to, it's not these guys always trying to sell me. Right. You know? Right. It's all happening in the background and it's more inbound based. I mm-hmm. think that's a big difference between paid and non-paid marketing is one is inbound, one is outbound. One yeah. pops up on my feed when I wasn't expecting it. The other one I searched for yeah. or I was interested in, right? Yeah. So obviously I'm not a marketer like yourself, but if I had it, if I have it my way, I would mostly focus on organic and still have the paid because it creates consistency yeah. in my business because it's lead based, right? I need mm-hmm. more leads in order to have more closings. Um, but from a standpoint of just overall product knowledge or, or, or market knowledge, mm-hmm. having constant organic content coming out there, educating people. You used the term, what was it? Uh, it was entertainment and education. Yeah, edutainment. Edutainment, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I freaking love that. Having Putting the time together, being consistent with that and putting that kind of yeah. effort towards it is really going to make And it's difference. all those touch points too. Like, you know, uh, it, say you get a lead from one of your paid things. And they, again, they don't, they're not necessarily into it, but then they're like, ah, I'll follow... Or they might see your ad, click on it. Not the, they won't click on the lead button, but they'll click on your profile and be like, "Who, who are these guys?" Right. If you haven't got stuff that is actually going to engage them for at least two or three posts, mm-hmm. you've lost that lead up entirely, unless your ads finds them again. But then, like, ah, I don't know about these guys. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they drop onto your page and now they're like, interesting, 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 you've at least built a tiny backlog of value that they might follow or the next time they see a different ad from you, they might be like, oh, what are they doing now? Right. You know, they're going to go. And then now you've, you've led, you've had six, seven, eight, nine interactions with them. And built that rapport. Versus just always trying to get them. Cause like the leads, hundred percent, that is going to help for sure. Like we're building up to that for our, ourselves as well. We're just right. going to make sure we can deliver. Correct. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like the first bit is those organic touch points. Mm-hmm. And again, if I message, the cool thing too is like if you're messaging someone in your uh, in Instagram or whatever it is, it then tells the algorithm that you're interacting with this person and then you appear on their wall because now it's like, well, these people like each other. Like I guarantee every time I message people, mm-hmm. I then look at my notifications. Those mm-hmm. people I just messaged have liked my post in the last right. 20 minutes right? because now it's on their wall. And they're seeing it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, it's fascinating, <laughs> all the, the the tech and the science that happens behind the scenes with, with yeah. digital interaction, not just social media, but just even as simple as sending an email. Yeah. And the tracking that's behind that. I, you know, when I discovered, like, pixels, I was fascinated because mm. you could literally track somebody's uh, – just the way they're lo- they're looking through your page, right? What they're clicking on, what they're spending the most time viewing, uh, their interactions, their habits. I yep. mean, for for a, a marketer, that's a goldmine of information. Yeah. That you, it's like data mining, really. Yeah. What's been the effect with because uh, the iOS fourteen kind of like messed up a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. I think uh, isn't Apple coming up with their own flavor of marketing? Yeah. That's Apple, competing Apple, with a pay per click yeah. and all that. It, a- Apple's always got to move. They lead with like. Ethics, yeah, <laughs> that, that's always the justification. It's, it's it's like everything. It's like no, we're doing this for mental health. It's like no, you're not. You're fucking closing the you're gate to make more money. Yeah, like, come on, man, we get it. Eat a dick. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was the same thing as like uh, yeah, like so when that, as soon as they were like, we value your uh, privacy. your privacy, and that yeah. therefore you're gonna have a choice, and it's like no, 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 no. You're shutting out Facebook, who's yeah. the biggest yeah biggest uh, marketing platform in the world. 
I know that you're eventually trying to do something, but you want to leave it wide enough apart so it's not as obvious. Right. It's like, well, we're introducing this, but we have this instead. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, way terms too and obvious. conditions, you didn't click this off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's definitely their gameplay. It's very um, interesting. Like the whole marketing game is fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. I just love everything <laughs> that goes into it. The thought process <clears throat> is very strategic, at yeah. least for some of these bigger companies. Well, and it's the same as the news. Yeah. We're just telling you because we want to keep you informed. It's like, why don't you inform me the nice thing that happened today? Yeah. Why is it just the <laughs> negative stuff? Yeah. And why does it have a bias? Why can't it just be factual? Yeah, yeah. right? Why is Fox only am shitting on the left? Right, like, exactly. Why don't you find some people on the right that are doing some shit and vice versa? Right. We're or just telling the truth. Mi- or the middle ground. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's impossible at that point. <laughs> but from your perspective, like whether it's like Northstar, my business, for example, mm-hmm. or any other business, like what are some of like the fundamental things that like people should know when marketing and what they should be doing on a daily basis. I'm always curious to hear it from a perspective of somebody that lives in this environment. It's like, yeah. and you know what what trends and what doesn't, and through your own R&D and your own research, you've figured out things that work and things that don't, and you see the mistakes that happen on a daily yeah. basis. When people have the good intention, they're spending money, a lot of energy, and then they don't get the results or they get burnt out on it. But if you could just bring a little focus, what what are some of the things that, that we could do as business owners to become better marketers? There's a few things. So one is just being consistent. Yeah. But it, the problem with being just consistent is, I mean, there's a few ways to do it. Like be consistent is one thing because you'll if you're consistent and you care, that's another one. Most people are consistent. They'll just post like classic realtor stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm consistent. I post every listing I have. Cool. I don't give a shit. Right. You know, versus if you're consistent with caring about what the people want to see, your shit will just get better because you'll be like, hey, and also asking people like myself that are kind of neutral. So most of the time people will ask, you know, like, what do you think about this thing? And they're like, yeah, it's great. It's a great video. All right. What do you like about it? Is the second question like, oh, just in general, like I have some people message me. They're like, I love your podcast. And I know they're kind of like sucking up to be on it. Yeah, and I'll ask them like, "Great, what'd you like about that episode?" Just everything, (laughs) really, the whole time you liked everything. (laughs) Paid attention to every word. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So there's that. There's asking for, but people who know what they're doing is the biggest thing. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be better at scaling my business. I paid. I paid a fuckload of money the last two weeks to one guy to teach me how to be there. You know, like pay someone who's better at it than me to get where I want to be. Um, if that's like, that's just the best way to do it, in my opinion. If you want to do it yourself, it's like you can do it yourself. Focus on what people want to engage with, you know. Uh, take yourself out of it. Like what do I want to get from it? Because mm-hmm. we can sniff that pretty quick. Right. You know what I mean? So like, like this podcast markets for me. Easy. It just does it. But I'm not talking about the podcast. I'm not talking about what I do all the time in the podcast. Right. You know? Um, so consistency, caring what the people get think care about, uh, caring what people want to see. Um, and then it's, it is learning the tricks. So like how to in, in improve engagement, how to grab people's attention the first few seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then can be having a variety. As soon as you're uh, predictable, you're boring. Right. So like I was posting for a while, all my content was clips from the podcast. It's cool. It's a saving grace because there's different people all the time. 
So that's my, that's the saving grace with it. But I was like, all right, it's kind of getting repetitive because it's the same purple background. Yeah, right. How can I throw in something? All right, let's do dad jokes. Like, just do this. Like, mm -hmm. stuff with Sienna. Um, I'm going to start employing more like real tip tip videos as well in certain unique ways. Um, but that com that comes with time. Right. You know? Right. Um, and it's always going to be like, if you know, you can do it yourself. It's great. It'll take 10 times longer though. That's I've right. been like that within my own of stuff. Course. I'm like, no, I'll yeah. learn it. I'll Google. It's like, then it's I'll go and pay $4,000 for a three day event. And I learned because I've one, because I've paid that money. I'm like, I need to get value from this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so you make it work. Right. And because you've invested that, it's like, all right, but that, that course, for example, that was back in 2018. Most money I'd spent at the time. I've since spent like five times that for one thing now. Right. <laughs> but at that day, from the three, I took a lot of great little pieces that helped in general. But one thing I took from that $4,000 event was how to plan and then retrospectively uh, sort of progress those goals on a day-to-day -day basis. That now Most people will be like, oh, it was a waste of money then. No. no. I learned that one thing, and because I paid it, paid so much money for it, I, I deployed it and it has made my goals, I've made back, 20 times that money right? because of that one thing. So same with the content is like, there's people that will be like, hey, do this, this, and this, take what they know, learn from it. And then if you can bring it internal or if you can right. do it yourself. Right. Um, yeah, like that. that's in a nutshell. But think about everything you just said over the last three minutes since I asked that question. That's a ton of work. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, that's, that, that's its own business, obviously. Yeah. As, as you know. Um, I mean, there's a lot of value in, in, in paying for somebody to do it yourself, mm. right? But I, I, on a on like a day-to-day -day basis, like take Northstar, for example. It's There's a lot of applications, a lot of cool things. There's a lot of things that we can educate people on. And it's frankly overwhelming, right? I, I wish I had an Apple budget to hire 20 of you right? yeah. <laughs> to, to do this stuff. But, you know, we'll get there. We're yeah. just not there today. Um, but, but I've gotten a lot from everything you just said as it's like simple little hacks, like get on video more, remove mm. your expectations from the equation, obviously be consistent, lean on, you know, we have a team of agents and a lot of them, which are younger and love social media. I've thought about like, Hey, maybe letting them post sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know, within a controlled guideline, obviously. So the message doesn't get blurred, but at the same time, what is the message? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And and the intention behind it is it shouldn't always be to sell, even though it is, right? Mm. But it shouldn't always be this uh, attention-grabbing video that leads to a funnel, that leads to a strategy call, that leads to a $1,000 sale, right? It should be yeah. just education in the form mm. of entertainment, right? And, yeah, and, 100%. And, and, and how to, but how to execute that on a daily basis is, is the tricky part, right? Yeah. Because then your bias gets into it. I'm like, are people really give a shit about this stuff? Like, mm. maybe, maybe not, but. But it's also like, so, I mean, I've had people once they post, you can say the same thing 20,000 different times. Right. And 20,000 different ways because I love it when someone posts one post and then they see it gets 5,000 views. Then they don't post anything to do with that same topic ever again. Right. Like I already posted it. I'm right. like, 5,000 people saw that. How many people in America? There's 300 and what, 60, 60 million, million, something like that? Yeah. So you're telling me that because 5,000 of those 360 million people saw your video, there's no point posting it again. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Post it a bunch more times. Post it more because <laughs> yeah. it's like, and also like, just because I've seen something like once, 
It doesn't mean if you're saying the same thing in a different way and I hear it a second time, I'm still going to listen. Yeah. If it's an engaging piece of content. Yeah. And um, but again, again too, it's like like I said earlier, you could post something, it does great the first time. Post it again, does shit, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You don't know, and also, say say you posted the video and had five thousand views. The second time you post it, and it gets one view, but that one view is just someone who wants to buy it. Right. You know. Yeah, you can't predict that. It's better than the five thousand views that sold nothing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that's where the consistency piece comes in. Consistency. Gotta, yeah. um, even if you have like, even if I were to repose the question and say, if I didn't have a budget, if I had no money for marketing, and I just it, had my honestly, it's just it's starting and doing it. Right. And doing the videos, yeah. it's like, again, photos. There's a reason why Instagram has now shifted to basically for, uh, videos. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, they're, they're ruining photographers. No, they're not. Yeah. How many before and after photo edit things go viral and make a shitload of money for photographers? Yeah. You can't do that with a photo. You know, No one cares about swiping to the right to see the before and then swiping back. Right. What I want to see is a video goes boom, change. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. I will pay for that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. That's it's cool. su- it's super simple. Yeah. You know? Um, but there's a reason why everything, even YouTube is now in- introducing YouTube shorts. And if you're not on YouTube shorts, you miss out on a huge opportunity. Right. Because that is now. They're like YouTube's version of like stories, right? They're just YouTube's version of TikTok. Of TikTok. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So the cool thing with that is what happens is people are coming in. The problem with TikTok is conversions hard. Right. Getting views is easy, conversions hard. And the reason being is it's like you've got to get a lot of short form interaction. Right. People sliding into DMs on TikTok is a lot uh, lot less likely than Instagram. Right. Um, but with huge and so usually what people happen with TikTok is like you get a following and then you tr- your whole job once you've got a following is you're trying to funnel them to YouTube because that's when they watch mid to long form, build an engagement with, they build a relationship properly with you. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about YouTube Shorts is YouTube Shorts, uh, it's basically TikTok built into YouTube. Right. So they subscribe to you from the short. Now that you're a YouTube subscriber, now you post a normal video and people see that. Right. So you, it's it's taking out. It's again, it's it's making it easier for people to <clears throat> consume more of your shit. Yeah. Um, also, it helps your SEO. Oh, of course. Yeah. It helps That's your SEO. <laughs> yeah. So I th- I'm, I believe that YouTube is about to steal everyone from TikTok. Because all the creators are going to be like, oh, fuck, I'm staying over there. Yeah. And it's still new so people can scale real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And they're yeah. doing a lot of different YouTube TV. I mean, they're just driving. It's powered by Google, right? So they're, the whole point yeah. is to drive everything back to Google and YouTube. Yeah. YouTube right? YouTube is where it's going. So if, so then if I wanted to really start an engaging marketing campaign, didn't have a budget, I should be on YouTube posting this yeah. shit. And, and it would, it, not just, I never put all your bags in just no, one right, basket. Right. But that um, would be definitely. YouTube, I usually recommend YouTube shorts and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram's still, uh, like Reels is really taking over. TikTok though, it's like, it, it just depends. If you can do all three, do all three. Of course. Um, Facebook video, I think they're starting to ramp up a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, it's still, but that's again usually the demographic older is wildly different on Facebook, though. Yeah, but see, that's why it's good for all of them. So, like, something for you, mm-hmm. older people who have money, right, to buy a house are on Facebook. Correct. They're also on Instagram. They're starting to get on TikTok. Yeah, starting. But well, all of a sudden, they got on Twitter. 
like my mother-in-law got on Twitter. Like over the last I got on months. Twitter like two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. It's like everybody's getting on Twitter now. I've been on Twitter forever. I don't really tweet. It's my mental notebook now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like, I'll either repost something or I'll just follow like specific people or, or news avenues that I like to cha- uh, mm. follow. But other than that, that's pretty much it. But yeah. So now all, everybody's on it. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's it, a whole Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He made there it he cool. Yeah. And then he's gone. Yeah. Is he still, is he buying it? Or nah. No. He never, I don't think he ever was. Yeah. He was just trying to make them get rid of half their bots. Yeah. And that was just a sort of strong arm to make him. Bring it back to neutral. Yeah. Or like at, least, at least close to. He's awesome. Yeah. I like why that. buy it when you can get what you want for free? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I would suggest is those channels. But consistency is the biggest thing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Consistency yeah. in anything in business and mm-hmm. you know, doing this, you know, a lot of us are solopreneurs, right? It's only mm-hmm. us and we're running the entire business. So it's like, how do I adequate my time precisely on the things that I want to do, right? Yeah. And that yeah. I need to do, not that I want to. A lot of the things that we have to do as business owners, we don't necessarily want to, but we have to, right? Yeah. I teach my agents how to time block effectively mm-hmm. because if you don't, then your day is left up to chance. There's no control. You're just reacting all day. And trust me, like, I have a hard time with it like anybody does. Sometimes a day just takes over. Sometimes things, yeah. unexpected things happen, right? But if I look at over a year period as opposed to just a single day, what am I doing over the whole year period? Yeah, maybe some days weren't optimal. Maybe some weeks weren't optimal. Mm. Maybe I had better months than the other. But overall in the year, did really good. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, I mean, that's why I did that post on Twitter recently where I was like, I spent 20 grand on marketing before I saw a client, but what I was accumulating was attention during that time. And then I knew that it was just going to go like a pimple. Right. And then just, poof, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> blow up that <laughs> relief. <laughs> Satisfaction. <laughs> but, uh, that was, that was the biggest, um, I guess the hardest part for a lot of people is, it's like, if I could tell if, if someone came to you and they're like, Hey, I can guarantee in 11 months, you'll make a hundred grand. Yeah. But you have to spend four grand a month until then. Would you do it? Yeah, of course you would. Most people with the content creation stuff quit because they're stuck in the micro versus the macro. And it's like, it's a lot easier when you are someone like a realtor or you are someone that like Northstar, your price point is a lot bigger Mm -hmm. than if like versus someone who wants to be a creator and be famous. Right. That timeline to get it. Like you got to get a lot of eyeballs to fling a lot of small things. Whereas <clears throat> you've only got a, you've only got to get a few eyeballs, that like the right eyeballs mm-hmm. to bring back a big fat check. Correct. You yeah, know, from building or selling a house or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you know, like my following on Instagram has only grown three, four hundred followers. Yeah. You know, but my business is five xed. Right. Because those yeah. are the right type of followers. <clears throat> yeah, and because yeah. I because I knew where to look as well. I was like, yeah. all right, what 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 am I trying to market to? Yep. And I've had one clip from here get nine hundred thousand views so far. Yep. That doesn't translate to anything. Right. You know. <laughs> but all the little ones are the ones like those little three thousand views put in the right places. Yep. <clears throat> in front of the right eyes. You know, you get people going, "Hey, how are you? We need to talk." Right. Great. Yeah. I think a lot of it too is like w- determining your business and your your client avatar, and then how to market to those people, right? So with, mm-hmm. with Northstar, we have a little bit of a dichotomy, right? Because we want to 
be a household name. I told you we have lofty goals, right? But at the same time, it's like, could we just create the shells, right? And then sell it to Lennar or to Pulte or to any of the bigger uh, builder players and just become <clears throat> a, a, a material, right? Or an auxiliary. Yeah. Like, you know, Lennar, Pulte, DR Horton, some of the bigger mm-hmm. builders, but you don't know the type of panels that they're using behind the walls, right? Yeah. You have no idea who those companies are. Just like you know Samsung, but you have no idea where the glass screen comes from, right? Mm. And that to me is a, is is not where I want to be with North Star. I want North Star to be a, a household name. The only way to do that is to be front of mind, is to be end yeah. user f- centric, is to <clears> market <throat> to the end user and then force the builders to use us. And it's all mm-hmm. very strategic, right? So it's yeah. all pretty much everything you've, we've, we've covered on marketing is what we personally, selfishly, is what we need to be doing. Yeah. Because I want to be front of mind for the end user and force them to say, hey, builder, I want to use the, I want my shell to be a North Star shell and I want my home to be a North Star home, which is is difficult. You know who actually, it's it's kind of fascinating. The industry that did a brilliant job with this is, uh, and I know it's a little controversial, but it's pharmaceuticals, bro. Yeah. Pharmaceuticals, they, <laughs> yeah. they advertise, dude, you can <clears throat> be fat, lazy, never work out, but take this pill and you'll never have diabetes ever. Yeah. And guess what? we cannot sell you the pill directly. So you're going to mm-hmm. have to go get that from your doctor. And then the guy goes and doctor, you have this pill? And they're yeah. like, no. And guess what that guy's going to do? He's going to go to another doctor yeah. and get and whoever sources the pill. <laughs> so it's fascinating that they spend billions of dollars on on ad, on TV, on magazine, on radio, whatever it may be. Um, but but they're, they force their sales to come through another channel. Yeah. Obviously, because they have to. There's laws behind that. But yeah. the the execution itself is what's fascinating to me because they're, mm. you know, a lot of these pills are household names. There's a lot of names you can't even pronounce, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so the reason being with that is because so people always pay for less time. Right. So like Netflix murdered Blockbuster because they didn't build a different product. They just built a different process. Yeah. So they made the process of me getting my movies a lot easier. Right. It goes straight to my house, straight on my TV. I don't have to go and pick it up. And once I finish it, I don't even have to return it. Well, do you remember it started as a delivery service? Yeah. 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 And they quickly realized that was just Not shit. The, yeah. Because once I've watched it, I don't want to return it. Right. I'm like, fuck, man. Uh, now I have so to do many something. that I never returned. Yeah. So, yeah. Whereas, so Netflix removed that and, you know, they're great because they're a software company. They basically have no overhead. Right. They just put it in the cloud and then there it is. And so they can charge, you know, 15 bucks a month. You can get more videos like Blockbuster would be like if 15 bucks, probably get like what, seven movies mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they removed that time and effort, they were able to charge what they could charge. Right. And just knock out the competition. The same thing with North Star is you can charge what you charge and you can emotionally get people to choose what you do because of the time. Right. You're, you're, you're getting the effort a lot smaller. Right. Therefore, I can justify going with you. So it's like that's the biggest thing that you want to lean into is the, the, time, and the time. And then you got the ballistic stuff for fun. Mm-hmm. And then you've, you know, then past those two major like, huh, things, then it's like education of how it works. Right. But then on top of that, you also want people to want to be your friend. Right. And that's what most companies forget about. You want them to want to be your friend. So like that's why we're Make doing the company relatable and Yeah. <clears throat> so that's why you have all those like stupid little videos that seem like unprofessional. Right. But those things <laughs> that are those things that are unprofessional is like that's the thing that makes people like you. Mm-hmm. And then when I like you, I'm more likely to give you my money. Right. Because I want you to be the one that has the money so I can get the service. Even though I 
you know, if you get down to the nitty gritty, rationally, it's better. It, when it's rationally better, plus I like you, it's so easy for me to buy it from you. Right. So those would be all the different strategies that would work. There's probably a few more I could come up with, but I have to think about it. But no, I appreciate that. Those are all the ones that I'd that have to be executed correctly. Yeah. Because and to, in order to get you guys as a household name, it's leaning into those three or four main pillars relentlessly. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah. And then as we scale and grow, just dedicating departments and and people behind those mm. those processes and being intentional about that. Yeah, and showing you as people that of like when people know who you are too, it's always also easier to find staff mm -hmm. because then the staff come across, like potential staff see your stuff yep. and they're like, they're fun. I want to work for them yep. or work with them, you know, yep. like, so. I, and you know, I love that you're saying that and I know we're running out of time, but I, I want to <laughs> give you this, this brief. I know we've been here for, I didn't even notice already. It's been a minute. Hours. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's a part of a great conversation when uh -huh. it comes by. But so um, Wink News did an article on us about the, the house that we have in, in mm. People's Park. Um, and it was on the news, um, on live TV, and also on their online publications, right? And you could not believe the amount of people that have now reached out to me looking for a job. Looking mm. for, I, I don't even ha I have a careers page on the website. And I've since, since the article came out, I had to redo it because there was so many inquiries coming in. Yeah. Uh, are people like, dude, what you guys are doing is awesome. Like, are you hiring? What can mm. I do to help? Like, this is like, it's a really strange interview process because they're coming to me and saying, these are all the things that <laughs> I have a skill set in or experience in. Is there a place for me in this company? I'm like, dude, this is fucking awesome. Yes. I love this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's, uh, it's funny that you say that because it is easier to find staff and just get recognition just by simply doing good marketing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hiring in um, the pest control up in West Virginia is so easy for us. Yeah. Whereas everyone else struggles. Yeah. Uh, because everyone's like, I just feel like I know you guys, right? And I want to be part of it. Yeah. So they're where they're like picking and choosing in a way. Like their staff is fifty percent higher than when they started with me. Mm -hmm. And when I when I pitch that number to them, I'm like, I want to increase increase your staffing by fifty percent because that also then means that a certain output is happening. They're like, all right, that'll be the biggest our team's ever been, right? By a lot, right? They achieved it in like nine months. Nine months. <laughs> Yeah, because of how we were doing it, you know, like their their work their their um work as well has just increased. Like they're gonna have a record year, I think, this year for sure, by beating their best year ever by about a hundred and fifty to two hundred percent, maybe. Wow. Yeah, without stress. That's the funny part. Right. Before when I came on, there was so stressed. There was problems left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. And now it's going to have like yeah, a crazy record year plus a staffing increase of 50%. The stress part alone is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did a little bit extra with them where I was like, okay, we need to recalibrate a lot of shit happening internally. Yeah. But aside from that, it is this whole thing that everyone can just see externally like, yeah. oh, these, these are really great guys. Right. So we want to be part of it. We want to support it. Like we charge more than the competitors, but everyone's like, but they have fine. a great service. They have obviously they're delivering mm. the product. Yeah. The value proposition is there. So yeah, that pest control is staffing wise. I think now in their area, like 50, no, sorry, five times larger than their competitor. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's huge, man. Yeah, they're already and about pest control company. Out of all things. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, it's the same principles with every company, and yeah. it's just about having to know like knowing how to apply it in a way based on human connection right that's all that it, all it comes down to is human connection 
And when you've done that and then you execute correctly on the job, mm-hmm. even though like that's bare minimum, it, you add all the other stuff and people are like, fuck, like, because if people want community. And even if I feel like, hey, I'm paying for this for my house, but I feel like I'm part of that community with the house, mm-hmm. it it and translates, you know? Part of a, a greater purpose too. I think yeah. There's a lot of like emotional triggers there that we need to tap into. Yeah. 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 And it, 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 it does wonders. But like I said, it's the same for every company. Mm-hmm. You're just finding out what those little underlying things are and then just making them grow. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge, man. That's great advice. Honestly. <laughs> it's been I, selfishly I got a lot out of that question I asked you about half an hour ago. As, yeah. <laughs> well shit. It's been a it's been a minute. So uh wow. Cool. So where can people find you? <laughs> Before we wrap <laughs> this yeah, up. Right. We're gonna wrap this bitch up. You can uh, you can Google North Star Technologies mm-hmm. and our website, our social media will pop up. Our North our website is North Star T G I as in Technologies Group Inc. dot com. Northstartgi.com. And can reach us anytime. The sales line comes directly to me. So if you want to talk, let's talk. I'd love to have a conversation. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. And make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, if you can leave a review, that'd be fantastic. If you're on Spotify, they help a lot. So please just leave a review and a bit of feedback if you like as well. But anyways, bye. Thanks. <laughs> See ya. Thanks, man. That was cool. I really appreciated that. Yeah, man. Thank you.